Blog Talk Radio. image 
of my mother in her younger years. I don't even look like my mother like that. She looks like my mother. Like, she is, <laughs> oh, like, damn. And it's so funny because I also my dad's family was in town and everything, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I showed a picture of my to my dad's family who used to be really close to my mom, right? And they were all like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, she, she's the spitting image of my mother. It's crazy. Like, she she looked like my mother when she was little, but now she's, like, really, like, literally my mother. <laughs> it was like stepping in a time frame. I felt like I was three again. <laughs> it was really weird. It was weird. It was, it was weird. It was, <laughs> it was weird. But it, it's so funny because to see someone who looks more like my mother than I do, I look more like probably most people say when they, when they really get to see a lot of people think I look like my mother, and I feel like I only look at my, like my mother at certain times. But when people meet my dad's family, they all go, oh, no, you look like your dad. <laughs> right? So I look like my dad's family. So people always say, you know, oh, no, you're, you're your dad's family. So there's a, it's, a, it's a big difference when it's so, so funny. But it was so fun to really um, get to see them as adult women. It was, you know. We had a great time. They had they rented an Airbnb. Like, it was really nice. I've never stayed in the Airbnb. It's like because they wanted a house or something. And it was really nice. Really, really nice. I was actually shocked. But it was um, it was so fun. And, you know, uh, we hung out together, got to have girl talk. It was we went to the Chiefs training camp. Like, that wasn't my plan. <laughs> But they loved it. We had a great time. I mean, I didn't know Chiefs training camp was that big of a deal in Kansas City, but apparently it is. <laughs> I mean, it's actually in St. Joe, Missouri. So it's like a little, it's like an hour away from Kansas City. So we went to that, and they loved, I mean, they loved it. We went to so many places. We, you know, I, I took them on, like, this tour of Kansas City, and they were telling me, oh, Auntie Keisha, remember this from when you took us when we were this age or whatever? So I was like, okay, I was, I was pretty Psyched that you know they they kind of you know they remember some things but they it was it was a lot of fun it was in my uh, I have their Capricorn and Aquarius and I have I always laugh because they're very my little my little the oldest one she's very Capricornian she's very like she she wakes up in the morning she has it all planned <laughs> she has her business ready Auntie Keisha what are we gonna do today. What's the Aquarius is like, I'm just going with life. You know, shit, whatever y'all do, y'all do. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's pretty funny. But I take their little personalities early on, and I have to laugh because it developed exactly the way I thought it would. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I had so much fun. I felt like I wore them out. Like, they were tired at night. They were like, uh, they were literally more tired than me. I was like, oh, oh you guys are young. I thought I would be boring for you but they they actually had they said they had a great time so it was a lot of fun I, my grandparents really enjoyed it <laughs> my grandparents loved that shit they loved they loved it okay so it was cool and i got to see a lot of family really i really did so my dad's family i got to see because my dad was up there too and so here's the thing you know, it was such a tragedy. My dad's family, that side of the family, loving side of the family, very beautiful side, but it's a little hardcore. So a lot of times from years they have a lot of, some like a lot of, sometimes a lot of violent things, sad things happen or whatever. And this story was so sad because 
I talk about on here these types of stories all the time. Little did I know there was somebody in my family that this would happen to, and I didn't know her very well. I didn't know her. I don't think I ever met her. I mean, they say I may have. I don't. I don't remember. But this lady, they were there. My, my father's family and stuff were all together. So, and you know, they are close knit family anyway. But they were there because this uh, one of their cousins had gotten killed, and her two children, adult children, by her boyfriend, allegedly. Very sad. And I was like, oh, God, how horrible. I mean, and we talk about these stories all the time on the show. I talk about this all the time to women. I tell women all the time how these stories don't, that when you get involved with abusers, it does not just affect you. It affects other people. And in this case, it affected her children. I mean, I don't know of anything more sad. I, I it was Saturday, um, I forget what night, Sunday night, I went over to my aunt's house where my dad and uh, her sister, the person who who was killed, was there. And I don't know of anything more sad when her sister showed me the picture of the three caskets. Like, there's nothing more tragic. It's, and then to hear the sister say, I said, well, do you, you know, we had a discussion. Do you know what happened? She said, we've heard so many different stories. We don't understand. No closure. They haven't really gathered what, because this person was a little mentally insane. You know, it, I, I I just, when I heard that, when I saw those three cats, it made me even more want to stress to women, please be careful. Men too about who you date, who you let into your life. Seriously, it is a tra- a tragedy to look at three caskets with two young adults in one of them and their mother in another. Just horrific. I just say this all the time. Abusers are not to be played with, not to be. And I know a lot of women feel like they can't get out of the situation. Listen, I'm telling you, you might as well risk your life because you're risking your life every day staying in it. But you got more of a chance if you get the fuck out of it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, prayers to on that side of him because that was very tragic to watch. But I did, you know, we had a great time. We had a great discussion Saturday. We got to, you know, I'm... I got to spend some time with my Aunt Veraline and my dad and his cousin, his his cousin Bonnie. We just had a great time, you know, just talking and, you know, I was shooting the breeze and everything. It was really good. And I always love when I spend time with my dad because my dad is hilarious. <laughs> my dad is, like, super cool. Like, he's oh, wait a Okay. Me, my mistake, okay? But, yeah, he's the coolest dad ever. So that was kind of my week. Y'all know how I tell y'all my week. It was really good. It was really good. Shout out to Camilla and Cammie. I had such a great time. I did. It was it was just so fun. I did, I did so much. You know, they got to see that Auntie Keisha is a for real shopper out in these streets, too. <laughs> but I think I made a, made a bigger shopper than me. I feel like my little cousin, my, my little cousin, 
my little cousin Kenya, she's very frugal. <laughs> she's very smart. She's like, she picks her she picks her stuff very well. I like it. I love it about her. My little cousin Camilla. Camilla is the Aquarius. She's like fuck fuck a few fruit. <laughs> she was in there. She just went and bought her a, a, like a, a really nice like Kate Spade bag like out of nowhere. Like I, like you know she's like I really don't you wear Kate Spade a lot, but I really like this person. I like the color. I was like oh shit like you know, we, we doing Kate Spade like that. <laughs> but you know, it was so funny to me. And she was like, "Yeah," and she was. I was like, "You know, I I used to buy Kate Spade years ago when I worked at Halls. I, I used to buy Kate Spade all the time. It was just coming out. That was back in the day. I had three to four Kate Spade. I was ridiculous. So it reminded me of myself, and I was like, "Oh, ah, you don't need that shopping jeans." <laughs> it was funny. It was hilarious. But, um, yeah, it's so funny how you see yourself in people, like, you know, that your kid too, and you're like, oh, okay, you know. So, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, we had a great time. So, listen, what else do I need to tell you guys about my week? Uh, I got to see Love After Lockup. I saw it last night. <laughs> I thought y'all was going to talk about Love After Lockup on the next show. Some trifling shit on love after life. <sighs> oh, what the shit goes on with people? <laughs> and why put it on TV for everyone to see it? You know, but there's this couple on it, and I keep forgetting the dudes' and names. You know, I haven't gotten everybody's names yet, but this is one couple. Like it's a black guy and a white girl, and he apparently likes the prison chicks, right? And so <laughs> this is like his second one. His mom is like pissed, but he's spending all kind of money, and this helper is like asking him right up. Like she's like, "Are you gonna get my breasts done? I don't feel like I can have sex until my breasts are done." <laughs> it is some hilarious. I'm like, "Did you just got a jail and you asking for a breast job already?" The nerve. <laughs> And he's like a sucker. I think his name is Dante or something. He's about to do it. He's like a sucker. He's like a sucker. And so the other night, so she doesn't want to, she has dinner with his mom, which is clearly exhausting for her, okay? I can see. It's exhausting, okay? And she's not, you know, she understands that she got a lick right here. She understands. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, I'm going home. I'm tired. He's like, he's he's kind of suspicious because she, he always walks her to her door, but this time instead she sits on the porch. Going to her full road while he drives off. So he decides to go back around and wait <laughs> to see what happens. And she's going to a car of another guy. <laughs> All love after lockup is hilarious. Then there's this other couple, black girl, got it going on, got a nice house, everything like that. She picks this dude that she started dating like nine months ago in prison. Now, here's what I like about this story. So far, so, so far, what I've seen of it, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I haven't gotten good on names yet, but <laughs> this shit's hilarious. Okay, so like the grandma was like, "What kind of chick that got it going on? Go, go look for dudes in prison." I said, "Hey, I, I, I was like, I like the grandma immediately because she saw gang." Grandma was like, "Uh, uh-uh, something ain't right up in here," and it ain't grandma when a girl like that got it going on. And everything, and she goes to the prison house to pick somebody. Know this, men and men in prison 
If you're listening to the show, whatever, listen to me closely, what I say here. These chicks are, if you're serious about your life when you get on the outside, if you're serious about getting your life together and putting your life together, if you're serious, I'm not talking about dudes who just want to, you know, lay up on somebody and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about dudes who are serious about getting your shit together. Don't get involved with these type of women because they are looking for control most of the time. That's why they go to the – they're hoping they can control you with the things that they have. They don't even realize it, I don't think. I really don't. I don't really think these girls realize it. I think – and what happens is with these men is when they get into these relationships with these women, like it was like JaVale and that other girl from Kansas City I talked about from Love After Lockup on the last Love After Lockup, and she was immediately – he had been in prison since his teen years. He had been in there about 15 years. He gets out. And she's immediately trying to burden him with a family. And his mom is like, no, just come to Houston and live with your family and get your life together. But she doesn't want him to do that. She wants him to immediately jump into her ready-made family because she already got a daughter, right? And so, and then she's already looking to build a family with him. And I'm like, he just got out of fucking prison. He's been in prison since he was a teen. What do you not understand? But it was, she, she had a truck for him, she had a home for him, all the trinkets to get some dude out of jail, make him feel good. But the truth of the matter is that is going to that stuff come with a price. Don't think you hit it good because women like that. What happens is you they, you end up getting them pregnant or something like that. And this kid didn't have no kids, so I was like, dude, don't get her pregnant. Whatever you do, don't get her pregnant. But she, you know, they end up burden you, getting pregnant, getting you in this cycle, and then they start putting pressure on you. Why you ain't got no job? What you doing? Are they not understanding that you just come out of prison and that you need time to re, uh, reacclimate yourself to life out the, on the outside? And the best people to do that with if you've got good, strong family members who love you and care for you, if you got that, if you got that, it's best to do it with them or alone, but not to do it with no controlling chick who looks like she getting ready, she dangling carrots out in front of you. Uh-uh, that's some real shit. Well, anyway, the new love after lockup, there's a black girl on there just like that too, okay? She got it going on. She got, she trying to get in this, this dude. And this dude looks like he could, he could, he really try. he want to get his life together, but he's falling for the trinkets like she's throwing out there. She got a nice big old house and all that stuff. And everything. He ain't asking himself the hardcore questions, right? But the grandma is. The grandma see game. The grandma's like, what is going on? So the grandma comes to show up when, I guess she tries to pick him up for the halfway house or something to come home or whatever. The grandma shows up there, too. And she's like, well, I didn't know the grandma would be here. Because the grandma's watching your ass. The grandma got game. The grandma understand uh, something ain't right. <laughs> I love a good grandma. <laughs> right? So... I, I like where this story's going, and they showed previews the other day, and it shows, like, she's kind of, like, wanting, she, I think she wants a family because she's getting older. And, you know, most, see, dudes on the outside ask questions. Dudes who, who ain't, who got money and stuff, like, you know, they, they evaluate your mental illness. Like, I mean, not your mental illness, your mental health. They evaluate, they talk to these shit, they got choice. So that's why she hasn't done good with the men on the outside. That's my personal opinion. 
And the men on the outside is like, nah, I ain't ready to give no fan. So she goes trolling the prison to look for somebody to have a fan with. That's just my, that's just my belief, okay? So I'm interested to see where this story's going to go. See, sometimes, girls, let me just say this. There are some relationships that people meet people in prison and they work wonderfully. I mean, it happens in life. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, ladies, whatever situations that you have that make you go to do love after lockup shit, go and find a good therapist and invest in a therapist for yourself and get some fucking therapy for whatever, childhood trauma, adult trauma, whatever the fuck you need to do. Because it is a hefty price to pay uh, and for to have someone else to pay because you're simply uh, messed up in the head. And and a lot of us are. A lot of people are, okay? It's, It's human nature to have shit messed up. But go get some help. Don't end up on love after lockup. A story. Go on and get some help. Go on and get some therapy. Just ask my if you constantly go to the jail trolling for men who are not free, and when they come out of jail, they won't be automatically on their feet and stuff. If you do that, uh, uh, just you know, and it's white women and black women. It ain't just black women on here. It's white women doing this stuff too. It's a lot of white women. If you do that. Go find out why, what's going on. Really, seriously, I ain't, I ain't trying to be funny. Go find out what's going on. That's all. So that's my thing about love after lockup, okay? Okay, before I get into growing up hip-hop, because I told you I was going to talk about these reality shows this week, I got to talk about something strange I saw the other day. And apparently I've, may, I've, apparently I've listened to this chick before because, I was subscribed to her, and I may have heard something one time and liked it and subscribed to her, but I hadn't seen her in a while. But there's this girl named Jessica or something on, Jessica X or something like that on, and she kind of is real popular on the man spear side of the thing, you know, on YouTube. And she's from the U.K. And I happened to just listen because the subject sound uh, interesting and I I tapped in to listen to what they were talking about and here was a woman in from the UK which it was highly disturbing to me and a lot of people in there African American African American some African American males traditional African American males listen to this chick say very stereotypical uh, and some things listen something she said I agreed with wholeheartedly. The problem is, you when you haven't lived a certain way, because it doesn't sound, sounds like she's in the U.K. from what I've read about her, and the way she was talking, it sounded like she was in. She kept talking about Boquishas and, and, you know, when Pookie and Ray Ray hook up with blah, 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 and Boquishas and Keishas, and I was like, bitch, what? You know, because I'm a Keisha. You know, my first name is Keisha, right? So I was like, most of the Keishas I knew in the hood, <laughs> Thought they was all that. That's why I say you always know. You always know kind of when somebody didn't grow up a certain way, <laughs> right? And so you know, I was laughing. I was I was laughing at some of the assessments she was making 
on the Afri- the, the, the African American community and uh, African American women in particularly. Uh, some of her assessment was very true, but the problem is she has no empathy and no sympathy and no understanding of ADOS or FBA life. So to, it was funny to listen, watch, listen to a bunch of black people who are from traditional black America listen to someone who lives in the U.K., looks very young, by the way, tell you, and looks like she's not married, <laughs> tell you about her relationships. Tell black women about why things aren't working for them. By the way, because it was so intriguing to me, I looked up the stats. I had to look. I was like, I wonder why she's not talking because I, 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 single motherhood is such, because they were talking about single motherhood and things like that. Single motherhood is a problem sometimes in the black communities all over the world. And I, I had to look up in London, black women are the, the the highest rate, you know, of single mothers. I'm like, why aren't you talking to women in the U.K.? I mean, even though it's much lower than than the black population here, it's still very, it's the highest one in the U.K. And I'm like, are, are you talking, why aren't you talking to the U.K.? Why have you picked African-American, traditional African-American people to talk about and to and your 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 scope is limited. But what was even more shameful to me was a lot of the black males who I like some of the black men in this man's sphere. I, some of them tell the truth, but a lot of them lack empathy and love. I, I love what I was listening to. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, I forget. Uh, one of my T.K. Kirkland. I like him. He's one of my favorite comedians. And he was talking about you know Kevin. Samuels, he was like, he cool, but you just can't say certain things like that. To my, you don't help when you talk a certain way. You know, it's all about your delivery, and I agree. And so uh, to me, you know, uh, sometimes their delivery can be harsh. A lot of times some men refuse uh, to look. Some men are so angry with their mamas because they mama single. See, this is what happens. And this isn't all men in the men's sphere. Some of them have very are very balanced and have very legitimate things to say to women, okay? But then you have a lot of those men on there who are real mad at their mamas, they black mamas. They real mad, and they mad because they black mama stay. They they ain't mad at they daddy, but they spend a lot of time calling out their mama. Mad at they mama because they mama chose they they funky ass dad. You know what I'm saying? Just mad at shit. You know what I'm saying? Just mad and and put all black women in a certain sphere and then begin to spew out just ugly, hateful things. So a lot of them were on her channel. And why I agree, why I liked her, I liked some of the things she was saying, I felt that you are in the U.K., talking shit about a life that you have no clue about. You don't know. You are only looking at it through the gaze of stats because she kept talking about stats and everything. And, and, and you don't have, you've never lived in it from what I hear. I don't know. She, she didn't say nothing about an American spirit. She didn't sound like she had an American spirit. But what was the most concerning of it all for me was that there was almost a thousand and some people in that chat listening to her ass. And I bet a lot of it was traditional black folks. Because you know why traditional black American people, we got low self-esteem. We really do as a people, as a cultural group, as a culture of black people, we really got low self-esteem that we would let somebody from the U.K. who's probably not married, no offense to her, she sounded, some of the things she sounded was good. I just felt like when you haven't lived in the 
in the energy and the space, you probably don't know everything that you you can't possibly know about the relationships that happen in in through the through the dynamics of African American culture because you can't you can't look at African American relationships without looking at slavery, Jim Crow, segregation. You have to look at African American relationships through the scope of race in America. Otherwise, you won't understand it. You won't understand why the women are hard because you don't understand the dynamics that happened in slavery. You don't understand the dynamics that happened in the South where women were often left, women were often the protectors of their family, put in an unnatural position to protect the men because the men were a threat. So sometimes the women were negotiators. See, you can't, you can't talk or you don't understand the welfare system. You might look at it through the, uh, the lenses of stats, but you ain't been in it. So you might be saying, oh, I think I got a high, you, you saw a couple of TV shows and shit, and you think you got an idea of African-American life, but you can't. You can't not look at African-American relationships without understanding the crack era or the crack epidemic or the drug epidemic, period. What the fuck are y'all be listening to out here in these streets? Piss me off. I was unbelievable. I was, and she was saying a lot of stereotypical shit. And she was calling out people like Paris Milan and all this stuff. Listen, I don't always agree with Paris Milan. I don't always agree with all different people. I like her, but I don't always agree. But listen, Paris has a scope of African-American life because she's lived in it. And this is no diss to her, because I've really felt like I agreed with a lot of the stuff that she said. I just felt it lacked an understanding when you don't live there or when you don't live in it. So when you don't really live in it, you spew out a lot of things, but you have no empathy or sympathy, and you can't listen, look at it from a certain scope. See, I am ADOS. I am FBA or whatever. I am a black American who's been on the soil. Her family's been on the soil for generations after generations. So I know the other shit that comes with it. It just ain't women's fault that they in bad shit. And first of all, anybody who takes the idea of just beating up on women, men, if if a woman, listen, I'm just say this. This is just my personal opinion. I'm old school about stuff. Traditionally, when you got women who are fucked up in the head, that's because there was no daddy around. Or if there was a daddy around, he wasn't shit, okay? When men are strong and in the home and got it going on, you do not have those issues sometimes, okay? So let me just say, or even if they're not in the home, but they got a strong presence. But it always comes, if a community is failing, yes, women bear some responsibility, but it always comes back to the man. Real shit. That's how I'm going to end it. You can get mad all you want to. I don't know. I don't care how many streets. But I thought that was funny because they used the whole show. It was like kind of bashing black women and Bokeishas and Keishas and Pookies and Ray Rays. <laughs> I was like, I ain't heard Pookie and Ray Rays since the 70s and 80s. I don't know if there's too many Pookies and Ray Rays out here. It might be Daryl or something else. Antoine. But don't know what they call Pookies and Ray Rays. They did it back in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It was pretty funny. Okay, so 
let's talk about growing up after hip hop, okay? And this was no diss to Jessica. I thought Jessica was well spoken. I liked some of her 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 points. She made strong points. I wasn't mad at it. It's a good to get an outsider's perspective and see what they see, right? But um, you know, I found it fascinating that a lot of black people were listening to somebody talk about their relationships, who doesn't live in their life or their country, and is totally a different culture. Anyway, no, I don't. I mean, she's she's black, but she's a different. You know what I'm saying? She's a different ethnicity. I mean, you know, a culture. She she's from the UK. <laughs> but uh, whatever, and, and that's a very different. And I find it fascinating that she. I want to know about what who's the Pookies and Ray Rays in the UK? Because obviously, there's something going on. If the highest rate over there is single mother, but we're not talking about that. Why are we not talking about? And you know, there's a different thing that happens there. I mean, even Africans have their problems on the continent in different parts of Africa, in different countries. But you have to take that country to country, right? The biggest AIDS epidemic not long ago was the continent of Africa. So, you know, it's easy to beat up on African-American, traditional African-American people because we've put our story out there. Everybody's been able to look at our story through the scope of Hollywood and America, the super lens of America. So it's easy to come and bash us on the head. Use us as an example, right? You know, we gotta let that. We gotta stop people from doing that shit, right? <laughs> or really get all, everything about us, right? So, but anyway, going into growing up, hip hop mess. Okay, this week, Tasha K, Tasha K, Tasha K, Tasha K. Tasha gave me doing some. Tasha gave me when she do an interview. That shit be funny. Tasha, let me shout out to Tasha K because Tasha K did an interview this week with Sam in Egypt, and I didn't know where she was going. She and, and and it was so smooth. Like Tasha was talking, yeah, you know, yes, and you guys, I see you on the show and blah blah blah. And Sam was there. If you've been watching growing up hip hop, y'all know about Sam in Egypt. I have. Dislike Sam for a minute, okay? Because I feel like Sam is too dominant. I feel like Sam is using. I feel like a lot of stuff, right? But each is so in love and young, and oh, it was just, you know, it's sad to see. But anyway, Tasha K does this interview with Sam in Egypt, and it looks like it's all going well. And then suddenly Tasha K is like, "Well, you know." Um, I got these letters from this tranny. It was like Jerry. It was like a Jerry Springer punch. <laughs> transsexual got don't not trans transsexual, and you know, and she says that she talks about them having a relationship. Y'all got to go to Tasha K and listen to the interview. Okay, just it's crazy, crazy interview, right? It's wow, right? And Sam starts getting all mad. You don't know what we do and all this stuff. I would have been embarrassed if I was Egypt. I would just would have ran off somewhere, but. Anyway, apparently the rumor is that Sam, because we all know that Sam is bisexual, he made that clear, kind of allegedly, well, we'll say allegedly bisexual. He kind of made it to me clear at their engagement party when he got up and did a song and he starts talking. And I'm like, how embarrassing is that for her? Like, fucker, you going to sit up here and talk about your sexuality and her fucking engagement party? What a bitch. Like, he would have been done for me right there. Because if you are bisexual, you're not bisexual now. When we together, you're in a straight relationship right now. Like, why get up and tell the world that and see it embarrass her 
it was just hideous. It was just hideous. He's just, I, I don't know. And I think he's just a dude that kind of dumb. He reminds me of a Nick Gordon with Bobby Christina. Like when Bobby Christina and I, you know, kind of, he just doesn't have any, um, how can I say, uh, sense of boundaries or anything like that. And now I hear he's managing Egypt and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, no, help, Lord. But anyway, so Tasha K does this interview. Apparently he has been messing around allegedly with transsexual women. This transsexual woman actually brought Tasha K receipts, phone conversations and everything, and we finally you know, had a relationship out in these streets. Maybe Sam's just gay and ain't ready to admit that he's just gay. And, you know, I knew some shit was up when he made Egypt cut her hair, when he made Egypt stop wearing weave and stuff. I said, mm-mm, Egypt. Because the reason why Egypt is a beautiful girl, okay, she's beautiful, short or long hair. But the cut he gave her, it was like it, it 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 made her look more manly, and I said, uh-uh, that's some bullshit. He's he because that's because what that might be what he likes. So Tasha Cave and on this kick, she been running Sam's ass in the ground these last couple of weeks with the news or whatever she been putting out here. Well, last night she had on uh, a roommate of Sam's. I mean, and the shit that he used to, the roommate was saying that he was saying to Egypt to Egypt. It, it's just it's just a hideous situation. And really, you know, I mean, the show don't even show the worst of it. And I see why people on the show dislike him fiercely. Now I see if this stuff is true that they've been out here saying, it is it's so sad that people, that she she's so young and she's so beautiful and she really doesn't get that, she, she doesn't get it yet. But last night after hearing a lot of the stuff, that, and I want y'all to go over and listen to Tasha K because I, you know, listen to the whole thing on Tasha K. But after hearing what I heard last night, I written that she had Egypt's best friend, ex former best friend on and stuff like that. I really think Egypt might be caught up in a relationship where it's really toxic. And one of the things Tasha K said that the ex girlfriend said, his ex girlfriend, his baby mama said was that his sex was real good because he is bisexual. Now, let me tell you something, ladies, and Tasha K hit on this a little bit too, okay? I'm telling you this is, that's a big secret that a lot of people don't want to talk about, okay? Men, I know you will understand this, but let me, the women, the women do understand this, okay? Uh, Tasha K hit on this a little bit on the show, okay? Now, I have heard in these streets from various women, okay? The one dick that you don't want to get tangled up with is bisexual dick. <laughs> well, let me, because they're very sensual. They understand femininity and masculinity, right? And the sex could be what I'm, there could be bond, okay? So that's what they were saying about Sam. I could sense that. He's different. He's artsy. He's edgy. I could see that shit. This is a natural, naturally sens- sensual, but you can't stop that he may like dick. Hey, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to compete with dick when you ain't got one. I, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, and it looks like he can't be faithful. Like when he's straight, he ain't just straight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. And not, no mocks about sexual me now. 
some bisexual men when they're in a relationship with a woman, they're in a relationship with a woman. They're not fucking around. But I can believe that they say in the penis got Egypt entangled out in these streets. Yeah, that's probably what's going on. I can see that on the show. Oh, God, it's so sad. It's so sad because she's so young and she ain't got it yet. And, and, you know, and I also think there might be a little bit of fear because Sam is a toxic, kind of comes off as a toxic dude, like a dude that be saying wild shit, like, I'm going to hurt myself, you do this, you do that. I mean, he just seems like that. And she might just be scared, you know, to leave or something. You know, it's just it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Pepper and Tretch, y'all better, I don't know. I don't know what y'all got to do out in these streets. Y'all better watch his ass. It, it's, it's not now. It's time to because he seems like the type. After I done listened to this show, and I always felt he was that type anyway. But after listening to these last Sasha K things, and you know what I'm saying, he and the way he acted on that interview, he seems like the type that will hurt her and hurt himself. I'm telling you, you better watch me and like that. I just mm-mm, don't seem right. He don't seem right. He don't seem right. Okay. So that's my little thing for growing up hip hop. I haven't seen this week's uh, 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 growing up hip hop yet, but Tasha, Tasha, Tasha delivered some wine. Okay, <laughs> it was a mess up in, a mess. It was messy. It's messier than I thought. Man, Egypt, free yourself, baby, and Sam, free yourself. You know what I'm saying? Free yourself. Because Sam is a very talented dude. I just think that people, he has low self-esteem. And people with low self-esteem think they need other people to ride off of, think they need to use other people. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully, you know, give her freedom. She deserves, if you ain't really for in her, uh, for her, give her some freedom. Pope, it's just so sad. She really around here messing with the, you know, Transsexual women, go on now, let her go. If that's what you really like. Oh, Lord, sad. Anywho, that's love after. I mean, that's uh, growing up hip hop for those. Not love after hip. Love, uh, love, uh, love and hip hop is growing up hip hop. Okay. Sam in Egypt, and if you guys want to see that full interview of Sam in Egypt and the interview afterwards with her friends and stuff, go to Tasha K over there on YouTube, and you'll see all the wine, okay? Um, let's talk about verses. <laughs> verses this week. <laughs> the low tip. Uh... Oh, my God. Versus Dipset, which I never liked Dipset, okay? I, I just did. not I didn't like the violin. I just never was into them, okay? <laughs> but I knew it was going to be lyrical destruction when I heard the Lopes because they always have been great. They have a lot of, you know, they did a lot of remixes and stuff. But they, they had, they, they Jada Kiss, everybody knows. The Jada Kiss was like, Put up there back in the day with Jay Z. Jada Jada always had fire lyrics. Jada's always been a dude that's been known for being a great lyricist. So I was not surprised when this turned out like where they did a dragging of Dipset. <laughs> Dipset isn't exactly known for their lyrics. You know, they had a little lot of cute little themed songs and you know back in the day. But yeah, no. So I was not surprised what happened, but you know, it was so intriguing. 
I was kind of triggered by the um, the whole uh, gritty uh, energy of the New York environment. I was like, New York males are special. <laughs> I mean, it was so New York. It was, it was. That's what it was. It was really just New York. I mean, do you think that battle must have just been for New York people too? Because I was like, who was like? I mean, who? It, it's, it's obvious who the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> the, the outcome of this was going to be But it did What I did love about this particular Versus is that it did bring Jada Kiss back to the Forefront that people could remember How good of a Rapper that Jada was Because I think people forgot <laughs> About how His greatness So that is the one thing And you know And, and, and the idea of chemistry Because you know apparently the diss said Didn't have any <laughs> from what I saw, but it, they were all over the place. But um, I just found it to be very New Yorkish. The very the the very thing, like especially like in the like nine late nineties, early two thousand New York thing. I was I'm, I'm triggered. I was triggered because you know I used to have my I used to have a thing for New York males. <laughs> New York males are so special. I mean, they have this edge to them, yet this uh, very intellectual side. Most of them, and I remember my, I had a girlfriend. I, had, you know, I had been date. I had, I mean, my some of my my most toxic uh, relationships were uh, a New Yorker. <laughs> we're with New York males. <laughs> anyway, but listen. So I had a friend who was dating the New York, and I told her exactly how I was gonna go. She was dating New York man. I said, first of all. I said, let me explain to you that this person is what I was telling her, you know, from religion on down. I explained the whole steeds. I remember. She's like, oh, no, it won't be like this. I said, they're going to be pissed. That's what it's like. I don't know if it's something about the concrete, that the fact that they don't have no tree, not a lot of trees in nature unless you go out on the outskirts. That makes them hard. But I said, you go. You don't have to fight to keep this attention. They love a fucking fight. They love a, I mean, you can just, it'd be, I don't know what, not all of y'all. I won't say all you New York men, but a lot of y'all. Y'all like toxic women. Y'all like uh, a black, y'all like women to be toxic. Y'all like women to cuss y'all back out. Y'all like to argue. Y'all like to fight. <laughs> and I told her this, she didn't believe it. Within a month, she was coming to me like, oh, my God. I said, I told you. <laughs> And the, the possessive, I was like, I, I just try to tell you, I try to explain everything. But the sad part about it was she was hooked. See, that's what they, because they have this certain type of charm. There's a certain charm. I don't know. It is, okay? So, especially during that time, you saw all of that in that room. That was so hilarious. It, it was all of that in that room, that gritty, edgy charm. It was all there. And I would have loved to be in that room in the late 90s and the early 2000s. <laughs> a hot mess. But it was a lot of fun to watch, okay? Uh, yeah, and so I felt like it was very New York, I mean, uh, male, very male testosterone <laughs> vibes in that room for that versus, okay? So if you guys haven't seen it, I think you can watch it on YouTube. They always show a replay of it or something like that. 
Check that out. Pretty funny. Shit was hilarious, okay? But it was good. I did, again, I really like the resurgence of, of Jada Kiss. And people kind of really giving Jada Kiss his flowers and stuff like that, and, you know, and hopefully maybe that it will result in, you know, uh, a deal for them, you know, or something. I don't know. You know, I don't know if they're, they're not doing music now, are they? So, so maybe it result in something really good, okay? But I really, I think people forgot the, the fire that, that you know, uh, that, but I like that. I did like that. I was laughing. I said, "Wow, this is so, so, so New York, <laughs> particularly New York male." <laughs> Not saying all you New York men are toxic, but damn it, the, ta- the a lot of the men I have met, you have a toxic slant. <laughs> Anyway, but that room felt like that. It had that gritty, edgy vibe, okay? All right, so when we get, when I come back on the CC show, we're going to get into the news. Oh, my God, I got so much to talk to y'all about. We got to talk about New York Times. There was a squashing articles out here on China, because oh, people are saying they were. There are whistleblowers saying they are into China. The New York Times is in um that the, uh, China is in New York Times. Uh, New York Times is in China's pockets. Okay, we, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how three police officers have committed suicide since the Capitol riots. That's weird. <laughs> okay, so we'll talk about that and celebs and agendas. We're gonna talk about Jennifer Anderson's ass talking about she cuts off all her unvaccinated friends. Okay. So we first the first half of the show we're gonna be talking about vaccinated, unvaccinated, all that stuff, okay? When I get back, meanwhile, let's start the show off with you know what? I was planning on making it a smooth, smooth transition. So this is a good one. I love this one. Old school get down Saturday night. It's the C C show. I'll be back in a moment. I'll retreat be back. <laughs>
if anybody give me a fucking remix or something, I'm going off. I'm, I'm going to go off. I'm going to have a go off. If I get a re-release, re- even though my fa- one of my favorite songs of Maxwell's is on this album, which is Now. I like, I love Now. I don't know if it's my favorite song, but it's close. Matrimony might be second. I don't know. But I'm pissed because I said I was going to be pissed. And it doesn't matter that I'm Maxwell's my fave. I said I was going to talk shit. That if they start celebrating another fucking album, I got a problem. I, I got a, and I got a problem. Here we are celebrating now, twenty years ago. Now came out. And matter of fact, let me just say this: Now was my first Maxwell concert. Now the Now concert tour. I think it was. I think it was. That was my first. That was my first one. Yeah, it's like a little bit after nine eleven. Maybe about a week or so after nine eleven. I remember that shit, and Alicia Keys was opening up for him. Me and my girlfriend got a funny thing about Alicia Keys. We always tell about the concert. <laughs> Private joke. Alicia Keys just seemed like a man back in them days. She done softened up a lot. She kind of scared me when I first saw her on stage. I was like, whew. I mean, because she was like, it was so, she was like, yo. Like, it was like, yo. I think I told the story on here. It was like, it was like a dude. It was like M.A. talking. Young M.A. <laughs> no, no, no. I I am not kidding. <laughs> Back in those days, Alicia Keys <laughs> reminded me of Young M.A. I mean, she had the, she had these beautiful looks, but when she started talking and moving, she looked like Young M.A. I remember me and my girlfriend going, ooh, Clive going to feminize all that shit. I know we, that's what we see. And she has gotten much more feminine over the years. That is no lie. I'm serious. I'm not lying that she came out like she's like young and May. I'm not lying. A pretty young, young and May is pretty. But she was like a prettier version, like a a fixed up version of young and May. <laughs> I'll be talking a lot of shit. Let me stop talking shit. But I remember that concert. I remember like, oh, like, yo, like. Wow, there's a lot of masculine energy there. I mean, but she, yeah, I got it, yeah. <laughs> That's when I first saw Maxwell, the Now concert. Was it that, you know, we finally went to see him. We finally did, and it was really great. <laughs> we were all, we were all, I felt bad for him because, you know, every woman in there was looking at him like he was like a cookie or something. You could, because I, I observe audiences. Every time I go to a concert, I observe. I, I've been like that since I, since I can't remember. And so I observed, I'm looking around, and the women were literally like, you know, didn't matter who they were with, what they were, <laughs> the women were looking at him. I mean, he came out in this hair net. He wasn't even, he didn't even have his, he didn't even show his hair. You know, that's why we should have known that he was a stubborn fucking artist at that point. That he did, he came out and did show his fucking hair. He had a net, the whole show. And it was so funny because, you know, we, we were making him feel awkward because he says, I will never forget this. In the middle of the show, he's like, yeah. Like, because, you know, the women, first of all, they they, they messed us up because they had some sort of instance and shit. I always tell this story. Something was in that shit. I think it was like an aphrodisiac or something. They were lighting these big-ass candles or something on stage. I can't, I can't quite remember. But I remember his ass coming out there, and we going, damn. Like, he, he looked really extra good. It was like, it was like, like more than normal. <laughs> and he, he, he was so he was so I guess he was a little 
I think it, there was a part in the show that was kind of awkward where all the women were just like looking at him like, woo. Like, everybody was just lust. You could feel the lust in the room, right? And he goes, yeah, uh, Kansas, because he's feeling awkward. So he goes, Kansas City, yeah, this is a, it's a nice place. I could live here. And we were like, what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it was funny. We were all laughing because it was the most awkward-ass thing to say. It was, But I think he was feeling awkward because people were staring at him like he was a cookie or something. <laughs> I will never forget that. That was Now. That was the Now album. It was a little bit after 9-11, maybe about a, maybe a week or two or so after 9-11. I can remember because I, be, I remember the concert being shortly after that, like short, not that far. And I had just come from New York probably like a month or two before that. That was weird. It was really weird at the time and space, right? But anyway, I think that was 2001. I think that was. I think it was a little bit after. I could be mistaken, but I think it was. But anyway. Fuck that. We don't want to hear it. I went down memory lane. See how that just went down memory lane? I'm a scrubby, y'all. I'm nostalgia. I can do nostalgia. But we don't want to do this with you no more, Maxwell. Release night. No, don't release night. <laughs> That's what we're going to start saying around here. Don't release night. We don't want another damn vinyl. Just go away. Just <laughs> that what we got to say so we can get the album. We got to say the opposite. We can't say so just go away. We don't want no more vinyls. We don't want no more, just none of that shit, okay? This is bullshit. Sony and Columbia, stop his ass. You got to stop this. You got to stop this. This is ridiculous. I know that album's done. I know it is. That's it's, it's bullshit to not think it's not done, okay? It's bullshit. Anyhow, I had to get my rant out because I saw when I saw a whole, like, one Mont, uh, like a, a whole thing of celebrating the 20th anniversary. I said, no, no, wait a minute, hold on. They are not about to celebrate the 20th. This is the second album they done did this shit with. They are not about to celebrate the se- No, you're not about to sit up here and do it. You're not about to sit up here and celebrate the 20th anniversary of fucking uh, 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 now. Next is going to be that damn, I'm telling you, it's going to be the first trilogy. Next is going to be celebrating the 10th anniversary. Bullshit. Nobody, we are not celebrating the... No. Nobody, we not waiting for another vinyl release. That's some bullshit. <laughs> That's a distraction. Oh, God, why can't fans see this kind of shit? We got to stop this. That's crazy. We got to stop this. <laughs> Fans have to speak up when there's some bullshit going on. <laughs> Anywho, going on to the news, y'all. I had to get my Maxwell ran out because I could not believe it when I saw it. I will go off on my face. I will. Shit. <clears throat> I'm drinking. So if you guys heard my straw, my straw just went, I'm, I don't know. I'm moving the straw and it just went, it's just making noise. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this New York Times Quash COVID Origins Inquiry. This is according to spectatorworld.com. It says the Times, according to two well-placed sources, refused to investigate the biggest story of our time. Okay. A top editor at the New York Times instructed Times staffers not to investigate the origins of COVID-19. Two Times employees confirmed today. In early 2020, a veteran Times employee tells me, 
I suggested to a senior editor at the paper that we investigate the origins of COVID-19. I was told it was a dangerous it was dangerous to run a piece about the origins of the coronavirus. There was resistance to running anything that could suggest that COVID-19 was man-made or had leaked accidentally from a lab. The global pandemic was then in its early stages. Donald Trump was running for re-election, and remember, he was the guy, this is my little input, who was saying it was man-made. Turns out it's looking more and more like it was, okay? But remember, they did, nobody wanted Donald Trump back in, so it was a lot of shenanigans and shit going on, but that, I digress, okay? And Colin SARS-CoV-2, the Chinese virus. His Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, had told ABC this week in May 2020 that he had seen significant and enormous evidence of the virus originating in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. A few weeks later, Sir Richard Dearlove, the ex-head of Britain's M M16, say MI16 or M216, what is that shit? Y'all know what they are. Spy service agreed. I subscribe to the theory that it's an engineered escapee from the Wuhan Institute, okay? Yet the Times, according to two well-placed sources, refused to investigate the biggest story of our time. Instead, senior editors are alleged to have suppressed efforts to probe the virus origins, and the Times led the charge to dismiss any questioning of the who's now discredited line as a conspiracist, conspiracist or even racist, okay? It was considered a conspiracy theory, confirms Second Times Insiders, who was in a senior position on different sections at the time, and also proposed an investigation. It was untouchable everywhere. The fact that Trump embraced it, of course, also made it a no-go. I would say it was the only reason it was a no-go. Listen, I'm going to say something in a minute that's going to shock, which I'm going to shock y'all senses, okay? I'm going to fuck with y'all mental in a minute. The idea was considered dangerous. My first source agreed. They suggested that the Times editors weren't motivated by domestic politics in an election year or even by a hatred of Donald Trump that ran so deep as to dispose them to trust the WHO and the Chinese government over the Trump administration. In the years before, COVID-19 re revenue from China was an integral part of the Times' business model. Uh-oh. So it was more than even Donald Trump, okay? The paper received millions of dollars from Chinese government-controlled outlets, especially the China Daily, and published advertorials pushing the Chinese government's line. The time wasn't alone in doing this. Though few outlets anywhere in the West went all in as the Times did in 2012 when it launched a Chinese-language edition, and soon after that, a luxury magazine, Okay. In November 2019, it emerged that China Daily had failed to disclose to the federal authorities millions of dollars in payments to the U.S. outlets, including the Times and Washington Post. In August 2020, the Times quietly scrubbed the China-funded advertorials from its website. Still in October 2020, the Times ran an op-ed by Regina I.P., a member of Hong Kong's Executive Council, justifying the repression of anti-government protests and uh, protests in the Hong Kong SAR, okay? The dissonance is astounding, one of my sources says. Not as great, perhaps, as the dissonance between the times considered fit to print in 2020, what it now considers fit to print 
and what it now prefers to officially forget, okay? You can read this full article at spectatorworld.com, okay? I, and this is some other articles, people who have written about this. This has been very quiet. People have been trying to not talk about this shit. Why? Because you, listen, I'm about to mess with y'all for a minute. This is Carlotta one-on-one. Y'all know when I give y'all Carlotta one-on-one theory, okay? Americans come close. Your government has been taken over and your media by what I feel are people with a huge globalist agenda. And I feel that the destruction of American politics and America uh, democracy is really at stake. And I'm not just saying that has a con- I say it doesn't matter conservative, liberal, whatever the fuck you are, okay? What I am saying to you is that these people knew they are doing this on purpose. When you got Chinese China, a communist government giving money to New York Times and allegedly in big, this is a problem. And I've always said the conspiracy theory around, and it's just my theory one-on-one, that globalists love the idea of Chinese state. It's, it's, communism, co- communist states are very easy to control. The people are easy to control. It fits the New World Order agenda. I've always said that the elites love the idea of China. Now, That's my one-on-one opinion, okay? So, uh, you know, we are seeing more uh, totality, uh, tot- like a totalitarianism government happening here. We're starting to see that. We're starting to see people talking about they want to give vaccine. You know, and I saw somebody put up a false, let me just say, let me just, sidebar. We're starting to see the asking of vaccine passports. And you got people saying, well, you've always had vaccine passports. And then they show them little uh, cue cards from school. That is not vaccine passports. I haven't been walking into restaurants where they asking me for a motherfucking passport for my vaccine. That's something you showed in school to show you had your shots. And not everybody got their shots in school. People didn't get them for religious reasons and all kind of other reasons, okay? So bullshit. That's not a vaccine passport. You're a damn lie. Vaccine price passports are when we going into business, when motherfucking Ticketmaster is asking me for my status. That's crazy. You going in a business and they violating your HIPAA privacy. What, do, you, I, do you have your vaccine card? It's like a stop around this month. Really? It's not the mark of the beast, but it's damn near close. I see how the mark of the beast would be integrated. And it won't, you know, people are asking me, does it? Will it be a 666 crime? I used to love my pastor, my old pastor from my old church in Kansas City. He used to say, uh, what should I do? He said people used to write him and say, Pastor, what should I do if I get a check that has 666 on it? He said, write it to Sheffield Family Life. 
I used to love that, that answer because what it will not be, we, people have always suspected you won't, it won't be like a 666 on top of your fucking head. That's not what it is. A lot of people suspect it's numbers of banks or it has to do something with numbers or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But the idea is clear in the Bible what it is about. It is about control. Okay. So, um, listen, this is about control. And this is about elites and money people and governments controlling society, putting society under more uh, powers of control. And how you know it's about that is because, well, they're saying, well, this is just so, this is just for the pandemic. I mean, we have to do some, we have to do emergency work during the pandemic. We have to stop the pandemic. But they're putting rules in place that will far outlast the pandemic. These will, these rules will change how our society works. It breaks down HIPAA laws, the privacy of knowing your health care, of making your own health decisions. Oh, it's going to do a lot of shit, and that's here to change, and they know that. But they're telling you, oh, it's just for the pandemic. That's what they did during 9-11, remember? There was people during 9-11 yelling, saying, hey, your freedom is at stake. You, they're going to now be able to do search and seizure without uh, without a warning, stuff like that. And people say, I'm scared. I'm, 9-11, just search me. X-ray my body. I don't give a shit. Just do it. Meanwhile, the perimeters around the airport are still open and free. If somebody want to do a terrorist act, they can do that shit easily. Okay, so it was all about control. They never changed the rules. Uh, we want to, uh, the NSA wants special powers, Patriot Act, and all that, because we want to see where the terrorists are. But what did we find out with Snowden? They was listening to your ass, not terrorists. And shit has not changed. Edward Snowden is somewhere exiled because he told the truth that the government was breaking the law, and where uh, he's exiled over in Russia, and where the fuck are the Americans still being spied on? As a matter of fact, what's up, NSA? What's up, CIA? What's up, FBI? <laughs> right? I mean, craziness. And what are you as American people doing? Still being lulled by fear. Oh, my God. Oh. Not understanding that these are permanent changes permanent changes that will put you more into a controlled state. Now, I ain't telling you whether you should get the vaccine or not. Shit, I don't know. I ain't telling you where the Wuhan is. What I'm, what I'm saying about is, what I'm saying here is this. I said that's a per, it should be a personal decision. And the next thing I'm saying here, that this is proven to you that forces have taken over your media and government who have ideas against the, uh, uh, against demo- American democracy and America as we see it. America, in some senses, I believe, is being hijacked or has already been. And unfortunately for us, we'll find out a little too late. Most of y'all, unless you listen to this show, you'll know what's coming. I've been saying this for years. As a matter of fact, I really think a lot of the black thought people are behind. I think 
What puts them behind is that they don't understand the ideals of globalism and nationalism and what's going on. That we, especially, but a lot of, uh, I was hearing uh, one of the uh, ADOS, people on the ADOS group talking about the eraser of black American culture. Well, there has to be an eraser of black American culture in order for globalism to, to reign. There has to be an eraser of American culture because American culture represents nationalist thoughts and ideals. America is very independent, always has been, even though it's very imperialistic. It has always been very individualistic. America was built on the rebellion of, fuck you, king. We're not paying taxes to you. Why should we pay taxes to you? Well, we don't got no representation. What? We about to war for this up in here. Declaration of Independence. Even though they had slaves. America's always been a contradiction and uh, 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 a rebellion at the same time. But America was built on principles of independence. The Constitution is a very independent document. We the people. Not you, the politicians. You, who the fuck? you don't tell us what to do. We climbed that Capitol wall when you showed the fuck out. And, and, and listen, I'm not promoting violence, but that's what you... Read about the history of America. Politicians are supposed to be scared of the people, not the people scared of the politicians. But here it is, arrogant mofos, instead of after something horrible would happen at the Capitol happened, they came out arrogant. We need more security. And instead of saying, dang, what have we done that made the people this angry? Oh, you ain't seen shit yet. When When that money start rolling, money start going bad, you ain't going to just have angry white males climbing that shit. Listen, when you see angry white males climbing the Capitol, that's a warning. Woo, woo, woo. Warning for all of us. That is because the system that has always worked for them is not working for them. What the fuck you think it's going to do for you? Okay, Pretty soon it's going to be everybody climbing that bill. Why? Because these are people who have lost the idea of we the people. Not you, the politician. They ain't scared of y'all no more. They control the media. They flying in the fucking space. They doing all kind of shit. These rich white males, these rich elites. They ain't even rich white males. It's just elites. People, they people, they controlling politicians. They ain't scared of y'all. Y'all dumb down. Damn thing they scared of. Y'all going, y'all do whatever they tell you to do out that little box. And this internet over here, if you don't study it well enough. Okay? So I'm just saying, I just don't say that I didn't warn y'all. It's not a surprise to me that the New York Times allegedly tried to quiet where that, where the, the, the uh, coronavirus came from. As a matter of fact, I think coronavirus is bio-warfare, but I digress. But it's not surprising. They tried to quiet it down. Why? Because allegedly they've been getting money from China. And China, well, the elites are a fan of it. Now, you find out who those elites are. 
follow the money. In other news, I told y'all I was going to mess with y'all mind today. It's okay. Don't be too scared. Third police officer who responded to January 6th insurrection at U.S. Capitol dies by suicide. Third? And I heard the other day it's not three anymore. It's four. Somebody told me it was four. It's now at four. Nobody's thinking this is strange? Like, was riots at the head at the Capitol? they like, shit, I, just, I shouldn't have been there that day. I'm just going to off myself. This something sounds off. This is according to NewYorkDailyNews.com. A third police officer who responded to the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol has died by suicide. The Metropolitan Police Department in the District of Columbia said Monday. Officer Gunther Hashida, an 18-year-old veteran on the force, was found dead at his residence on Thursday. Department spokesperson Hugh Carew confirmed in a statement uh, to, to the Daily News. We are grieving as a department, and our thoughts and prayers are with the officer Hashida's family and friends, the statement said. Hashida joined MPD in 2003 and was assigned to a special ops team when he responded January 6th to the mob protesters who stormed the Capitol with the hope of stopping certification of President Biden's electoral win. Okay? Um, the death is the third reported suicide of an officer who responded to the siege. Capitol Police Officer Howie Libingood, the MPD officer Jeffrey Smith, also died by suicide in the days after the attack. Smith took his life in the aftermath of the battle, acting chief of police Robert Conti III said during a closed-door meeting with congressional leaders in January. Living Good 51 committed suicide three days after the daily uprising by Trump supporters. Okay, it wasn't just Trump. I mean, it was a lot of people there. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died from a stroke the day after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher and pelted with pepper spray, uh, spray while feeding, fending out the right far right riders. The Justice Department has charged hundreds of people in connection with this Capitol riot. Let me just stop here. When you see three to four suicides of cops. And this is Carlotta one-on-one theory, okay? And ain't nobody, ain't no, it's a, it's a conspiracy theorist, but usually conspiracy theorists have some good, if you do enough investigating, it's some real shit to it. Now, my theory is that these cops knew something. You don't just have three to four suicides like that within months. Remember, the madam, the D.C. madam. I can name a whole bunch of other ones who died by Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. Apparently, suicide is a thing. With the, with the, with the, that's, that's their favorite thing. Apparently, these assassins for the, for the government. I mean, allegedly, in my conspiracy theories here, just like suicide things. <laughs> Are, are assassins for somebody, not necessarily for the government. Who knows? But, but assassins for somebody obviously love to put, to say suicide. You know, I remember when uh, the madam, D.C. madam was on uh, Alex Jones. I think it was Alex Jones. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I was listening to her. 
and she was saying, they was Alex was saying, hey, you you need to come out with these names right now while you're on this show. Uh, give us names, protect yourself, because you know their favorite thing to do is death by suicide. <laughs> you know, Alex be dramatic with it. And she was like, no, I'm not worried. He said, well, then you need to say it right now on this show, say that you are not planning on committing suicide. She said that on the show. Less than two weeks later, she was found hung, I think. That's they that's they shit. <laughs> and people I mean people just go with it. Listen, it is always suspicious when you see three to four suicides from the same group of people regarding a very controversial uh situation that has to do with government. Now, I would question, if I was these people's family, I'd start looking into what was my, my family member into, where was they at, what kind of shit was going on around them, what kind of shit was they in, was this a setup, was it, where was it coming from, maybe the Capitol riots was some bullshit. What? What, y'all like, what? What you talking about, Carolina? Oh, God. Maybe Capitol Riots was a false flag. Oh, let's not act like they don't do that shit overseas. And I won't say who. They don't start putting out propaganda pamphlets to incite people to do things. I don't know. That's just my conspiracy theories. I'm just my head conspiracy theory one-on-one going just to make y'all think. To just say, dang, how, I mean, three to four people done committed suicide since the Capitol riots that all worked on a team for the Capitol riots? That don't seem to make sense. Why is that? What happened? Has it been stress on them? What's been going on? Why are these officers committing suicide? Was that day that horrible? What the heck was going on? People need to ask themselves some questions, but, you know, I'm going to digress because, hey, listen here. I ain't trying to have no problems with the CIA and all that. I, ain't, I don't understand how y'all roll. I ain't, got, I ain't got nothing to do with this. I'm just putting out the news here, just asking people to think. <laughs> it's better when we all think. <laughs> what the hell is this going on? I t- Unbelievable. Three, three to four cops working the same stuff. This is That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Andrew got Andrew got me too this week. I'm like, girl, who's Andrew? Andrew, y'all, the dude y'all was just talking about a year ago was gonna be president. <laughs> y'all was kissing his ass a year ago. Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> Andrew's ass is out here getting me too in the worst way. The Democrats are just throwing his ass under the bus. You know what, Andrew, I think they gave you a choice. Do you want to go down for the nursing homes or do you want to go down for the sexual harassment? Pick your poison. (laughs) Not that either situation is funny, because they're not. But I think he needed to pick a poison. He needed to pick staff to die upon. And the staff he chose in my conspiracy theorist mind was the staff of sexual harassment. Me too. I will lay myself on the Me Too staff. Andrew is over. Resign. You went hard for him, too. 
You went hard for him. You went hard for him, and this is how they repay you. <laughs> Man, you better make sure you say you ain't going to commit no suicide and all that. Make sure you do all that. Say that. that be loud and clear. I can't imagine that from you, no way. <sighs> Let's read. According to NBC News, Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed almost a dozen women, including employees in his office and violated state and federal laws, according to the findings of an investigation by the state attorney general's office. Okay, hold on. Stop. Stop, boy. <laughs> you know who else was accused of sexual harassment? I remember their vice president said, I believe the women. Joe! <laughs> Joe Biden. Wasn't Joe Biden? It was like a, it was like a women coming with this little group. And remember Kamala Harris, I believe them. Funny how time changes things. <laughs> oh, Joe. Joe, they got you in check in a number of ways, don't they? <laughs> they keep that sexual harassment thing, right? They're the sun. They keeping it, like, right? They just dangling it like a carrot. Like, you better do what we say. <laughs> oh, sorry, boy. Anyway. According to findings of an investigation by the state attorney general's office, the embattled governor denied the accusations and vowed that he will not be distracted from his job. But within hours of the report's release, Democratic leadership, including longtime Cuomo ally President Joe Biden, <laughs> make this shit up. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh. Ally, <laughs> President Joe Biden demanded he step down. <laughs> I think he should resign, Biden said. That's like Bill Clinton saying it. <laughs> Joe is saying that he thinks Cuomo should resign. <laughs> While he's got a vice president who believes he sexually harassed women. You cannot make this shit up. I'm telling you, it's it's. This is how this is America. This is how this is this is how much asleep we are. <laughs> they know they can just say anything. <laughs> the investigation found that Cuomo sexually harassed 11 women, nine of whom are current and former state employees, and one of whom is a New York State trooper. None of them welcomed it, and all of them found it uncomfortable. New York Attorney General Letitia James told reporters Tuesday. In one case, case, he grabbed an executive assistant by the buttocks and groped her under her skirt, and he fondled the state trooper, the report found. The 165-page report also found the governor and his team retaliated against a former employee for coming forward and that they fostered a toxic work environment. Let me just stop there. If you guys want to read the rest of this article, it's at msn.com, at n. NBC too. <laughs> okay, I'm not laughing at sexual harassment. I'm laughing at the scenarios around this shit. Okay, first of all, listen. I don't believe every woman who says she's sexually harassed. Okay, you know, because it's a lot of bullshit. Some of y'all be having relationships and y'all be fucking these men, and then y'all, when y'all get pissed off at them, it turns into I was sexually harassed. Men, you should not be having relationships. Women, you should not be having relationships where the fuck you work, especially if you're the boss, okay, because they can turn that shit into sexual harassment. Now, I'm not saying these women were lying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, uh, you know, 
some of them probably may have been having relationships. Some of them may have been lying. I, You know what? I can see both sides. And it's just going to make people afraid to talk and have conversations. It's always like, you know, this this Me Too movement has made it very uncomfortable for men and women to have any kind of dynamics with each other that is comfortable, okay? we got to give people room for mistakes and issues, okay? Sometimes you're just saying the wrong thing, but groping somebody on the ass and all that, y'all wish he would have groped my ass, okay? Let me tell you something, okay? He would have got punched out and he would have got reported. Now, if I need my money that bad, I'll punch his ass out and it kept working. But let me just say this, I would never mention it again because I chose work. But a lot of you women love to play the game. I'm not trying to be you love to be sleeping with these dudes. Not all women. Some women are really sexually harassed, okay? But there I've been in situations. Cyborg. I was in a situation where I kinda really didn't know it. I was I knew it, but I kinda was like, huh. I worked at this particular place. <laughs> this white male. He was a big time executive, very good looking too, by the way. He was very married, right? And so all the time he was always trying to get me to come to his office. I was like, what the fuck? Like, this, he's always trying to fucking get me to come to his office. And he always be like, you look very beautiful that which I didn't mind that. I don't mind somebody telling me I look beautiful. I'm like, thank you. Okay, I take that compliment. He wasn't flirting. He wasn't there feel like that. But he did feel uncomfortable when he was constantly asking me to come to his office. Hey, can we come to the, can you come to the office and we discuss that, you know, and everything. And I went once, and it was weird. It was just a weird energy. Nothing happened, but it was a weird energy. Then he kept asking over and over again, right? And so an older lady at my workplace who I had known for a while, she's one of the top execs, he asked one day again in front of her. Finally, she got time. She said, no, what I'll do is I'll come to the office and talk to you because uh, 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 I have her doing some things for me, so Blah, blah, blah. She kind of stepped in for me, and she came down. I remember later, because I was like, why did she do that? And she came down, she said, he's always trying to get you to come to your office. I handled that right there. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And I, I knew I didn't get it. I knew something was off with it, but I, you know, I was like, thank you. But she was like, yeah. But when she said something to me, I knew it was up, okay, because, you know, he was trying, you know, he was trying to hit up, right? So, and he was good looking. But I wasn't, I wasn't interested in him like that, you know what I'm saying? So it was, it, so you know. But I really didn't know, and that was he was kind of being kind of assertive about it. I didn't pay attention. A lot of women go through those uncomfortable scenarios like that, okay? But when we start talking about somebody groping asses and all that stuff, and you ain't saying nothing, I got a problem with that. But that's sexual harassment too. Or like we, I had this situation at one of my jobs where I was a a person, a, 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 a manager, and I had constantly observed, observed sometimes this one group, this girl talking to this guy, and I knew how she talked to him, right, over and over again, right? And so one day they got into it, and the girl had gotten pregnant or something like that, I forget what it was, but this particular girl had told this story. She got upset because he told her, you know, she, she asked for his advice or something, and he told her, keep her legs because something he said. So she went up to everybody and told uh, told the big bosses that he sexually harassed her. Now, I knew that shit wasn't true. 
I knew how they talked to each other. They both joke around each other. They both, been, and I have warned the, uh, him, the guy, I said, hey, be very careful what you say, even though you hanging with her like that because she's young and, and her mother was uh, one of the executives over there at the thing. I said, watch her, right? So I had to go to bat for this guy because I said, no, that's bull. And me and some other people, I said, that's bullshit. I said, no, she's always talking to him. I said, I can actually name some times where it sounds the opposite, <laughs> Right, and so, but because she she was mad because she didn't like the advice they had created this camaraderie where they talked to each other in joking manners and um, inappropriate manners, and so when he said something to her that was sexual in general and that she didn't like where she had said sexual things to him because we would observe them and even talk to them about it, she she had a problem when he came at her, and then she didn't like his advice, and she go, goes and try to put the sexual harassment on him which was some bullshit, okay, girl, you talk to him crazy too. Like, both of y'all's dads is that inappropriate, right? So that sometimes happens in the workplace and stuff like that. And it probably happened in Andrew Cuomo's office. It was probably women joking back with his ass and saying nasty jokes and shit like that. And then they want to holler, me too, when it's all done and said and done. Hey, and this is not me t- this is not me dissing women saying that all women are lying. I'm saying that some of them lying, probably, probably. Some of them probably was joking and being inappropriate with his ass, too, okay? Probably was even having an affair with his ass, okay? But they trying to get Andrew for something. They say, Andrew, nursing home, <laughs> or sexual harassment. What would you choose? That's just Carlotta's theory, Okay. <laughs> Y'all like Carlotta, you are a mess of it. This show is messy. It is what it is. <laughs> oh, should we talk about Barack's birthday party now? Did it happen? Did Barack have his birthday party already? <laughs> should we do that first before we go to break? I think we should. Happy 60th birthday, Barack. No help for black people, Obama. <laughs> Barack has this big-ass birthday party and try to scale back. He's like, bullshit, Barack, don't scale back. You do what you was doing. <laughs> they said he had, like, he was going to have over 500 guests. Now, did y'all really know if he, he scaled back? He really don't. I, I, he probably had people coming in the back door of the basement to, Underneath the ground, he could have had people uh, flowing in 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 tunnels. <laughs> oh, this is according to FoxNews.com. A number of A-list celebrities made the cut after former President Obama scaled back his nearly 500 person birthday party guest list amid concerns about the Delta variant of the coronavirus, according to reports. Seen arriving at Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts on Friday were stars such as John Legend, of course, Chrissy Teigen, of course, Dwayne Wade, of course, Gabrielle Union, Don Cheadle. A day before the Saturday bash is expected to take place at the former president's 12 me. Oh, 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 it's supposed to be today. Oh, oh, it's tonight, Barack. Oh, that shit. You could easily, you could easily. He, he, they done did a psyop on y'all ass. <laughs> Like they had some people, some of y'all show up Friday 
And some of y'all show up on Saturday. Y'all ain't gonna be counting shit. It's gonna probably be a thousand people in here. While power couple Jay-Z and Beyonce remains on the list, awkwardly, many other guests, including Larry David, Conan O'Brien, David Oxenrod, and some former White House staffers were asked not to attend. Yeah, right. You guys attend to the tunnel. <laughs> A mere pressure over the virus. Oh, they probably couldn't come anyway. <laughs> we we going to put y'all out as we ask y'all not to attend. And they such Democratic ass kissers that they say, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so they can throw some names out there. See, these people were asked not to attend because they had to scale it back. See, Barack is really trying to scale it back. But really the truth of the matter is that they wasn't coming no way. <laughs> that's my belief. That's Carlotta's little wood. A mere pressure over the virus and potentially bad optics. So Obama said they were scaling the party down to just family and close friends. Please. But a local told the mail that the ex-president's definition may be different from others. Obama turned 60 on Wednesday. His close friends apparently include golfing buddies, politicians, celebrities. Those people are here on the island, and I doubt he'll be turning them all away. No. <laughs> he wants people to think it's going to be small and intimate, but I don't think we have that same definition. No, Barack, have your shit, Barack. You done did so much bad shit already. Just go have your shit. No matter. Shit, it don't matter. You run, people feel that. They still think of you as a emperor. It don't matter what you do. That's what emperor do. Be the emperor, Barack. That's what you do when you the emperor. You don't give a fuck about what these little bitty people say, peons say. You the emperor. <laughs> they worship you anyway, no matter how much horrible stuff you've done. What's the song that Aaron Magruder had? Dick riding for Obama, dick riding for the day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just as long as uh, you're dick riding for Obama. I'm dick riding Obama. <laughs> That's what people should be playing for his birthday, the Dick Ryan Obama song. That's what I say. When they had that on Boondocks, the Dick Ryan Obama. And I was for Obama at that time. Oh, I was laughing my ass out because it was hilarious. It was true. <laughs> I need to find that audio. Oh, my God. Have y'all ever heard it? Did y'all ever listen to the, like, the Boondocks where he talks, where he, he does the uh, Dick Ryan Obama song? Play a little bit of it. Let me see if I can find it. I gotta find it for y'all. We're gonna play a little bit of it. It's hilarious. Okay, let me see. Hold on, let's see. Uh, <laughs> can we find it? It might have ragged the clean off of YouTube. <laughs> Is it here? It should be on here. Yes. Yeah. Here it is. Let's listen to it a little bit. Now, hopefully y'all can hear it. My audio will be messing up sometimes. Got up this morning, things weren't working right. I said I want to make a change. I said I want to find. Obama walked up and said, yes, we can. I said I want to ride the nuts because I think you're the
Oh man, there's some good looking ladies in here, man. This ought to cheer you up a little bit, Alex, yeah, you know? Right. <laughs> I can't help it, man. I still think about her. Yeah, I know it's hard to forget sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's rough sometimes. Excuse me, Mr. O'Neill. There's a young lady over at the bar asking tonight. Nobody knows I'm here. Well, I'm afraid she was quite insistent. Oh, no. It's her. Well, don't stand there, man. Go over and say something to her. But I don't know what to say to her, man. If you still care, it won't be hard.
Y'all, this is the CC Show. I'm Carlotta, and we are back. Okay, I, I don't know how my sound is going, but it's a little different. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to go with it, all right? Okay, you guys. So, we're getting back into the news. New York, who thrives off of tourism, becomes the first U.S. city to order COVID vaccines for restaurants and gyms. Okay? Interesting. New York City will become the first major U.S. city to require proof of COVID-19 vaccination at restaurants, gyms, and other businesses. Mayor Bill de Blasio said on Tuesday, as the nation grapples with the rapidly spreading Delta variant, with vaccines widely available, political leaders were combating the latest surge in infections with shops and masks rather than ordering businesses to close and Americans to stay home as they did last year. Now, listen to this. So they're trying, even though you can spread the uh, Delta, but you can spread it. It's less likely, but you can spread the uh, COVID-19, even being vaccinated, okay? It's like being an asymptomatic carrier. Remember, there were 74% of people in a town in Colorado that had gotten uh, the uh, gotten. Uh, COVID-19 that got it. Still be a carrier and still get it, okay? 74% of people, okay? Says with vaccines widely available, political leaders were combating the latest surge of infections with shots and masks rather than ordering businesses closed and Americans can stay home as they did last year. So instead, they're just going to discriminate. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Tuesday issued a new 60-day moratorium on residential evictions in areas with high levels of COVID-19 cases, despite a Supreme Court ruling in June suggesting that such a move would require Congress to pass a new law. So now we're ignoring the Supreme Court even. The U.S. government and several states, along with some hospitals and universities, already require employees to get inoculated. Tyson Foods on Tuesday became one of the largest employers to require workers to be immunized immunized to combat the virus that has killed over 600,000 in a a country. New York's policy requires proof of at least one dose and will be enforced starting September 13th. 
well, that's going to hurt tourism. But I imagine it won't hurt New York. You know why? Because big business and and everything is behind this, okay? That's my personal opinion, okay? Um, Government vaccine passports are controversial among Americans. In France, government imposition of nationwide health passports proven vaccination has touched off large protests often dispersed by police using tear gas, okay? Now, they haven't showed this. Notice they haven't been showing those protests in on TV in America. They have been huge protests all over Europe uh, coming against vaccine passports. Now, why hasn't the major news outlets been showing those uh, things except a few like Fox and probably uh, OE and all the conservative ones? I have no clue. That's crazy. And these are people, this isn't just conservatives. These are liberals and conservatives who are going against this, okay? Um, it's time for people to see vaccination has literally necessary to live in a good and full and healthy life, de Blasio, a Democrat, told a news conference. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is aiming to get full approval for the Pfizer COVID vaccine by early September. The New York Times reported on Tuesday citing people involved in the effort Roughly 60% of New Yorkers have received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine, according to data. But certain areas, listen to this, largely poor communities and communities of what color have much lower vaccination rates. So, ooh, how does that look? You are discriminating against people of color for not wanting to get your, get the vaccine. Crazy. How's that going to look? Oh, and for concerts, like literally people are probably bought tickets and they can't get into a concert because you may not have a vaccine passport. Ooh. Ooh, how's that going to work? Ooh. Yeah, they're gonna kill small businesses. Sad, shameful New York, shameful. Uh, also, CNN fires, which I'm not surprised. Three employees for coming to work unvaccinated. Now, this is funny because CNN is owned by AT and T. So I'm wondering, have we heard AT and T stuff, or does it run as a subsidiary? I wonder. That's some interesting. Okay. Um. It says CNN, this is according to theguardian.com, uh, uh, fires three employees for coming to work unvaccinated. In company memo, CEO says there is zero tolerance policy for reporting to the office without COVID-19 inoculation, okay? CNN has fired employees who violated company policy by coming to work unvaccinated against COVID-19. I'm suspecting there will be lawsuits about this, if you can afford it. Jeff Zucker, the media's company president, told staff members, of the firing in a memo sent on Thursday that reminded them that vaccines were mandatory if they report to the office or out in the field where they come into contact with other employees. Now, listen to this, out in the field. Now, how are you suspected to make a choice? Let me be clear. We And if something happens to any of the employees at CNN, if somebody falls the fuck out dead, now, see, and, you know, I'm really questioning some things because certain, some of these companies, remember when uh, Michael uh, Michael Moore did, I ain't going to say no names, but when Michael Moore did that uh, uh, thing years ago and some of these co- companies had peasant policy, 
where they when when some of their employees would die, they collecting shoes. They don't really give a fuck, really. These people, okay? These companies, all right? They was collecting insurance on people without people knowing, okay? Then you check in to see if CNN got such a policy. But anyway, they need to check because you, if somebody files the fuck out from one of these vaccines and they can't do nothing about it, what's CNN gonna do? Send some flowers and say, "Damn, that's messed up." Trying to keep their job, and people have died. The memo was obtained by the Associated Press after its contents were first tweeted by CNN media reporter Oliver Darcy. CNN offered no details on the firings or where the employees were based. Now, this is what I, I found this fascinating because I thought back to the 80s when HIV had come out and how it was such a huge thing. A lot of people were being discriminatory against people with HIV and AIDS. And they made a huge, huge campaign to get people not saying, hey, you can't discriminate against somebody because they have HIV or AIDS. You can't discriminate against somebody because they have this or that. Well, it's funny. Now it's a vaccine. Well, you can't, you know, we can discriminate against you if you don't have a vaccine. Stop a virus. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's like the total opposite. This is wild. <laughs> but it says, um, this memo was obtained by the associate. Okay, let me see this. This memo was obtained by the Associated Press after its contents were first tweeted by CNN media reporter Oliver Darcy. CNN offered no details on the firings or where employees were based. Most of CNN's offices are already open on a voluntary basis, and Zucker said more than a third of new staff members have returned. Proof of vaccination has been left to the honor system. He said, no, it hasn't. Not if you are uh, mandating them if they go out into the field or anything. That's not an honor system, okay? But that many that may that may change in coming weeks. See, that means that they're trying to plan. They're trying to look into now some mandate. And I told you, I told you this will forever alter. Ever this is, it's going to forever alter our world. These people just don't make temporary changes when they say, oh, we just doing this temporary for us to live. No, this is a fucking mandate, and it will stay on the books. It will stand as precedent. The CNN leader said that masks will be required in Atlanta, Washington, Los Angeles offices when people aren't eating, drinking, or in an enclosed private space. Even in offices where mask wearing is not mandated, people should do what feels comfortable to them without any fear of retaliation or judgment from coworkers. He, uh, uh, he said. The CNN memo also said plan seven September seventh company wide return to office will be delayed until at least early or mid October. Other media companies have been making similar decisions because of the rise of COVID cases. The AP told employees on Thursday that an expected 13th of September uh, return has been delayed. Okay, I'm going to tell you my theory about COVID-19, okay? Uh, my theory is that this is I, – I personally think that the news media and stuff are ignoring a lot of things. I personally think that this has been uh, – I feel like this is bio-warfare against the people to create, help the people, to, to, to subdue the people. This is just my conspiracy theory to do what they like, 
to do what these powers that be want to do. Because COVID-19, you got people now, if you got 60%, it just makes don't make no fucking sense to me. If you got 60% of people or 45% to 50% of people now with a, de- with a shot, a vaccine shot, and the cases aren't going down, it's something the fuck else happening. And you got the borders wide open. You let people fly in and out from wherever the fuck. You ain't concerned about no uh, uh, Delta variant. What the fuck? Who the fuck are you fooling? Don't sound like you concerned about the Delta variant. You ain't shut down shit. And you was letting people cross the borders like nothing just a month or two ago. So we got 45 where last year during COVID-19, when COVID-19, this is what I just want people to think about the shit we hear, Okay. Last year, in the height of COVID-19, when everybody was sucking their fucking houses and everything, and people was coming out or whatever, no shots. We, I mean, year before that, what was it, 2020? 2020, you, people were stuck in their houses from March on up. Nobody had a vaccine till November of that year. There was no vaccine. Cases were on the rise. Cases started coming down even right as November started hitting when they got the vaccine, okay? So suddenly, listen to this shit now. Suddenly you get you got the vaccine. Over 45 to 50% of the cat population allegedly has the vaccination. I'm just trying to think numbers here. Whereas at one time nobody had it. And now you expect me to believe that 100,000 people a day are getting this uh, thing with vaccinations? That sounds strange. It almost sounds like if a vaccine could be, they need to check the vaccines. Is it a spreader? Because the question becomes, how is over 45 to 50% of the population vaccinated and the numbers rising? That does not make any fucking sense. I'm just saying, don't. Think about it. People need to think about what they hear. The news media be selling off shit. It's rising because y'all won't get, the rest of y'all won't go get y'all shot. Nah. We had cases, cases were high when nobody had the vaccine, and we didn't have no other variants. Suddenly, we get the vaccine, 50% of the population got the vaccine, and you got suddenly different variants popping up, even with 50% of the population uh, 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 having the vaccine. How are these variants coming to play? It sounds like either... Somebody's over here fucking with us with different variants. Somebody's passing on different variants into the into the countries, into the various countries. It's something else going on. It's fifty percent of how is it fifty percent of how is eighty to ninety percent going to even stop a variant? If you if it we didn't have these variants when nobody was vaccinated. Nobody was vaccinated over almost a year ago. You didn't hear nothing about no damn variants. Now people vaccinating, and all you hear about is variants. It just don't make I, somebody, some doctor got to explain it to you. Explain that shit because I don't understand it. How you get new shit pop up when you done got back when most of the pop when almost half the population been uh, 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 vaccinated? What the fuck is going on? Sounds like some bio warfare shit. Somebody out here doing this shit on purpose. I don't know. But now we got companies 
trying to, we got big business in conjunction with pharmaceutical, in conjunction with media, to convince people to get vaccinated and to convince for this discrimination laws on the book. A very dangerous precedent. Because any time the world senses danger, you can put discriminatory laws on the books against people. It's crazy. And it's crazy when I hear people say, that's right, yeah, that's as they should be and as they did. So these populations that have not been vaccinated are minorities. I know they love to say Trump supporters. No, it's a lot of black people and people of color. So we can put discriminatory laws. These same liberals who talking shit, talking about their own black people's side and stuff, are putting new discriminatory laws on the books against minority people who have not been vaccinated for good-ass reasons, some of them, because of what has been done in this country to minority groups. You don't have them bitches talking that, talking about that, none of the liberals talking about that. But yet they're calling for discriminatory laws that are going to be, that where most of poor communities are going to be affected. The Democrats and the liberal left wing, the left wing uh, group has lost their way. Big business has infected them. I see what I see. Sad. Some of this stuff don't make no sense. They seen out here in these in these streets. Jennifer Anderson. Let's talk about celebrities and the celebrity agenda. I just saw a celebrity tweet something the other night. It was cute, and then they erased it real quick. Stick behind your shit. Don't erase it. <laughs> they knew they was about to get shit. That's why they erased it. They knew people was about to come for their asses. They didn't just hurry up and delete it. But I saw the shit. I should have took a screenshot, but I didn't take it in time. Through celebrity put out, they had like a person with a hood on or something and no face. And they was talking about getting about the vaccine. <laughs> it was funny shit. Dude. I was like, these celebrities are something else. <laughs> hey, I don't mind celebrities having their own thoughts and opinions. It's cute. Some of them. Some of them are actually very great thinkers. About 30%. Maybe 20 The rest. Jennifer Anderson hits back at criticism over her decision to cut non-vaccinated people out of her life. Jennifer Anderson, this is according to People.com, is looking at the bigger picture when it comes to the importance of getting COVID-19 vaccine. That's like Gail talking about she didn't want nobody at her house for Thanksgiving. your house Thanksgiving. <laughs> but says the friend of the friend story. See, when they have celebrities tell these kind of stories, they're hoping that it influences you. It influences you. Jennifer Anderson said she wasn't going to hang with her friends who were unvaccinated. Are you vaccinated? Some of you bitches don't even wear condoms and asking people if they vaccinated. So no, I'm cussing out people today because I'm mad. Very passionate about some of this shit going on. Y'all asking people, are you vaccinated? And don't even use the comments. But I digress. 
Now, Friends star 52 was met with criticism recently after she revealed that she cut off ties with a few people in her inner circle because they didn't get vaccinated. Well, it's not your business. I wouldn't tell Jennifer Anderson shit about my vaccination status, vaccinated or not. I won't tell y'all. I told y'all that. It's not your business, my status. Violation of HIPAA, in my opinion. Nobody should be. See, they trying to make this stuff normal that you tell your 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 business, your that all that you have no secrets. It's not your business. Just like it's not somebody's business unless you're sleeping with them, your HIV status or something like this, unless you're sleeping with them. Other than that, it ain't nobody's business whether you got a vaccine. I'm trying to, this, is, this is good. This stuff they be pulling off is crazy. But um, and on Thursday, she faced her distractors head on sharing her thoughts on the subject in her Instagram story. In her post, Anderson responded to a friend who asked, but if vaccinated She's protected, correct? Why be worried about having unvaccinated people around her? Anderson is explained because if you have the variant, you are still able to give it to me. Uh, Jennifer, so can people who are vaccinated. They can still spread. It's very rare, but they can still spread the variant and the thing to you. Scientists, a lot of scientists have said this. They can still spread it, even vaccinated. You could be like an asymptomatic carrier. Remember, see, they keep said changing the game. That's why I'm starting to wonder about the asses. Because the first game was, well, you need to get a vaccine because the vaccinated can still pass off it to you. Now it's making the unvaccinated look bad. You see how this is going. It must not be a lot of people getting the vaccine as much as we think. It's, it, it must be a whole lot of the population that's saying, fuck y'all and y'all vaccines. I don't know. Because they really begging people. It's too much of a push. It's a weird push, too. It's not a push of, you know, when you know there's something real tragic going on, you ain't got to beg people. I ain't saying COVID-19 ain't, ain't tragic. I'm just saying I'm, I'm questioning numbers, data, and stuff like that when people have agendas behind the scenes. See, I never trust none governments, big business, pharmaceutical. I don't trust none of that shit. Even when people, yes, COVID-19 is very real, but people can use a virus and things to get things done that they want done in society. We have evil people in all parts of society. We got greedy people in all parts of society, okay? And we always got to be, you, you, America, the Constitution is a very suspicious document. When you read it, the Constitution, the people are always supposed to be suspicious. You always supposed to question government. I know Nancy Pelosi and all them fools make you think you ain't supposed to question government. No. That's the part of being an American is to always say, uh-uh, why you, hold up. We ain't believing it just because you tell us. Please put it out here. Uh, we are supposed to be skeptical. <laughs> America was built off a of rebellion. So it's not, it's not, it's, it's smart for Americans to question shit. Okay. Um. But Jennifer, it, because if you had the, it, but she says, uh, uh, I may get slightly sick, but I will be not will not be admitted to a hospital and or I die. Go to Globe winners, but I can give it to someone who does not have the vaccine and whose health is compromised or has a previous existing condition. Therefore, I would put their lives at risk. That's why I worry, Anderson. Say we have to care about more than just ourselves. <laughs> See how this goes, and they always make it about. See, this is even in business, big business. 
always say they're doing something for the greater good of people. When you ever hear the greater good of people, always raise your eyebrow up. Is it really for the greater good of people? Or you got some other shit playing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jennifer, I don't understand your logic. But do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. <laughs> Crazy. They use celebrities to spread the most stupid shit. They love celebrities. Celebrities get celebrities get used all the time. I get it. It is what it is. Rihanna is now officially a billionaire. It depends on what you call a billionaire. Y'all throw that word around so loosely up in these Forbes billion dollar streets. <laughs> and I say that with all due sarcasm. <laughs> Forbes.com, how the how the singer became the richest female musician on the planet. Hint, it wasn't from performing. I told you, the Rihanna talk about this. I was playing in these underwear and makeup out in these streets with lip gloss. When Robin Fenty, known to the world as Rihanna, launched Fenty Beauty in 2017, she sought to create a cosmetic company that made women everywhere feel included. A, a perhaps unintended consequence. The beauty line has helped her enter one of the world's most exclusive rights, billionaire. Rihanna is now worth $1.7 billion, Forbes estimates, making her the wealthiest female musician in the world and second only to Oprah Winfrey as the richest female entertainer. But it's not her music that's made her so wealthy. The bulk of her fortune, an estimated $1.4 billion, comes from the value of Fenty Beauty, on which Forbes can now confirm she owns 50%. Much of the rest lies in her stake in her lingerie company, Savage Fenty, worth an estimated $270 million, and her earnings from her career has a chart-topping musician actress, okay? While Barbados-born Rihanna is the only celebrity to capitalize, isn't the only celebrity to capitalize on her social media presence, she has 10 million followers on Instagram and 102.5 million on Twitter to build a beauty brand. She is the most successful beauty entrepreneur to do so. Fenty Beauty, which is 50-50 joint venture with French luxury goods conglomerate LVMH, ran by Bernard Arnott, the world's second richest person, launched in 2017 with the goal of inclusivity. Its products come in diverse range of colors. Foundation is offered in 50 shades, including harder-to-find darker shades for women of color, and are modeled in its advertising by an equally diverse group of people, Okay. Uh, listen, I don't believe Rihanna's a billionaire. That's bullshit. But I do believe <laughs> Rihanna probably has assets worth a billion. Okay, when when I look at billionaires, and, we, and, and it's a lot of they they love to put. I love what Antonio Moore calls the, a lot of these black celebrities are selling black aspiration, and it is a decadent veil that begins to hide how black life in America really is. Because when you see somebody, Rihanna's not even a black American. She's Barbados, but when you America sometimes making a billion dollars, you think, oh, black people are doing well, and you don't tend to look at the surface to see what's going, you don't see what's going on with traditional black Americans, and even some of them, because when you when we, they run and say they're a billionaire, a lot of times it's asset. Now, we've all played Monopoly before. We understand the game of Monopoly, right? That when you have assets, they could look like they're worth a billion dollars, but it's when you begin to need cash on hand and you have to sell that shit off, right? Sometimes it ain't worth as much as you think, right? <laughs> so I, I, here, I, I think this is great publicity, and, and uh, congratulations to Rihanna for making the Forbes billion dollar, you know, club. We know that sometimes that's a little loose 
on the billion dollars. Most of the time, people ain't got no billion dollars, okay? Uh, but they're just talking about assets in general, not liquid. It's very different when you got liquid money on hand, okay? Uh, listen, this, but Rihanna is fascinating to me. And let me tell you why. Oh, the beehive. I'm going to start making you mad early. <laughs> Beyonce. Good thing she'd be the first one, right? It makes me question Beyonce's height. It really does. You know, and the people surrounding her, her management team, I mean, you know, they have not done the smart things with Beyonce, like things that were obvious to do with Beyonce. Like, Brianna, this Pisces, this is smart. Well, she, she, I saw the business movement. Fenty was a smart-ass move. Savage. Oh, I think Savage is going to blow up because I see so many women. I actually see women with Savage and Fenty. I mean, when I was it, when I was with my little cousins last week, that's what they went to go get. One of them went to go get Fenty lip gloss. It was like, hey, you know, what do you think of this color? And blah 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 blah. I've seen people with that. I have not seen people with that over the top Adidas shit. But I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Rihanna's people have made the right moves with her ass. I mean, seriously. Especially in a day when you can't sell records, you know, like you used to. You got to do some other shit. No, you got to use your name and put down some other shit. <laughs> you can't just be out here selling records and tour no more. Shit, that shit don't work. Especially with COVID going on, y'all shit. Well, Maxwell was even out here selling these high sunglasses. Who's them high sunglasses? He's talking about these, going, these donations for the kitties, though. <laughs> for the eyeglass people. Eye school. Was it eye school? Yeah, you got to put your name on something else. Because shit. It's hard to make it out for music now, shit. And touring is a toss-up. <laughs> With Delta variant running around here. Um, Rihanna's interesting to me because her people saw the smart thing. Beyonce's people have not saw the smart thing. They've always, I mean, Beyonce's been trying clothes for a minute. And here's the thing, Beyonce... A lingerie line, a lingerie line for Beyonce would have been brilliant. Too bad, too late now. But Beyonce doesn't seem to do good in clothing area to me. Never has done. Uh, even though they saying Adidas is cool, I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews. But listen, the one thing I thought Beyonce should be doing out in these streets that she doesn't do is sell hair. I think Rihanna's going to beat her to that shit because Rihanna ain't, ain't no shame in Rihanna's game. Rihanna like, bitch, I will sell some hair. <laughs> Rihanna's out here. She about that life. <laughs> uh, like that Jay, Jennifer Lopez life. Even Jennifer Lopez has been more successful in the makeup game and all that stuff. It just makes me, it brings me more to the fact of this idea that Beyonce is an over-the-top artists that have been, a lot of money has been pumped into her. There has been so much, so much pumped into Beyonce that I feel that you start to see the cracks of Beyonce with situations like these. When you see Rihanna selling Fenty and, and Savage and making money without selling records and stuff like that, 
And then you see J-Lo's name out, Jessica Simpson's brands, and they do really well. But Beyonce's brands don't typically seem to do as well. Interesting. Is she the most overhyped artist in history? Probably, possibly so. I'm going to talk about her in a minute. I'm going to finish up talking about her about this uh about the latest Adidas line. But I'm going to take a phone call for a minute. I think is this is Beyonce on the phone. What's up? This is the CC show. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Charlotte. It's Pianchi. <laughs> hey, how you, hey, how you doing? I thought it was you. What's going on? <laughs> you know, you, you, you talk about Beyonce, and I will give her credit. She used entertainment uh-huh. as a stepping stone to get to the point where she started yeah. producing and manufacturing. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Now, on the uh, virus, there's no mm-hmm. better vaccine maker than the body. Because the body the body can handle variants whenever mm-hmm. they appear. Because the body vaccine maker is intelligent. It has to be mm-hmm. able to handle variants because if that wasn't the case, no humans would be alive today. Mm. But these artificial immunes, like this Moderna and stuff that Pfizer makes, it's only made mm-hmm. for one thing. And see, the thing that it's made for is intelligent. Oh. So Although you may have came with your virus that's made by man and you killed off some of the viruses, the mm-hmm. viruses ain't dumb. They're going to mutate just a little bit so that when the medicine comes, the, vi- the vaccine comes, exactly. it just sidesteps yeah. a little bit. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. That's what it is. Now, here's the point. So, so wait a minute. So, if, if people's been vaccinated, how is it they're able to give the virus to somebody else? If that's the case, they wouldn't need to be vaccinated. Just put on a mask. Well, you mean to tell me that your presence, your aurora that's coming off of your soul is going to give somebody else your virus? Why come in and give somebody else everything else you got, like intelligence? <laughs> Love, evil. You see what I'm talking about? I see what you're saying. You make good points. Yeah. Then you talk about these people coming across the southern border and the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, if they don't trust the government, that's what they're running for. They don't trust the way the government operates and so on, so on, so on. And we know that's not mm-hmm. the real reason, but let's just say that is. Right. Why would they trust the government to inoculate their children for chicken pops, measles, and other mm. inoculations that young people usually receive? Wow. Good point. Another thing. Why do you want everybody to be immunized from measles? Because your immunization protects you from catching measles, Right. Well, mm-hmm. if you right. immunized, why you want everybody else to be immunized? 
shit. <laughs> I'm going to let you ponder with them all week long. <laughs> that is the big question. You you got some good questions there. You, I mean, you. that's the, that's the real, I don't understand this. It's, it's, it's sounding more and more crazy as the days go along. And they keep adjusting themselves because they realize they sound ridiculous. And now you got the CDC contradicting the politicians. <laughs> it's every, I mean, it's just uh, the who contradicting oh. the CDC. I mean, it's it's crazy. Pretty <laughs> soon or later, that stuff catches up with you. It's like a relationship. Your husband <laughs> says, oh, I was out with the boys. Well, sooner or later, that's going to catch up with you. One yeah. way or the other. Same way with these lies about this COVID. I'm going to let you get yeah, back to your it's show. Crazy. All right, thank you. Thank you for calling me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, good point. That's a good point because, I, you know, the thing is we we have to think about some of the stuff they're saying to us. It's, it's literally crazy. I'm, I'm like listening going, what? I mean, and every week somebody is contradicting another person. And I always tell people, read articles. Because that's where you'll find, because a lot of the newspaper people, there are some still there, like, trust me, there are tainted newspaper places, a lot of them too. But a lot of great, there are a lot of great newspaper uh, uh, places that have not been taken over yet, and they have some great articles. Even the AP has some great articles. I mean, a, a lot of things are going on. They know most people don't read them. They know that you'll listen to CNN, MSNBC. You know, I even have to be careful sometimes when I read an article because I read it real fast and sometimes I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't catch that or whatever. So you have to, and you can't sometimes just read the headlines. Like sometimes I'll read a headline on here. I'll read a headline I find it interesting. I'll put it on here, but I'll read the story on here because I need to understand it. But you guys have to understand it's a lot of stuff going out here that we can't possibly imagine. I believe there's so much more happening, though. Speaking of, I was talking about to be hot, beehive. I hadn't finished with you yet. No, it wouldn't be the day. It wouldn't be, you know, I have to come to you. <laughs> Since we're talking about, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, we're talking about Rihanna. About Rihanna being a billionaire, okay? Uh, let's talk about you. <laughs> I mean, this week some propaganda was put out that Beyonce has the greatest video of all time in formation. Rolling Stones, are you drunk for having a thriller? <laughs> I wouldn't even say Beyonce's in the top 20. If you gather 80s videos and 90s were the best videos were made in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, according to Rolling Stone, Beyonce's formation video is the best video of all time in honor of MTV's 40th anniversary. The magazine compiled a list of 100 of the greatest music videos to ever be released, and Queen Bee's 2016 visual was on top of that list. Really? <laughs> the Melina Matsakas directed formation video came as a surprise the day before Queen B was set to headline the Super Bowl 50 halftime show. With this powerful message about black culture, it debuted during Black History Month. That's why they're trying to do that. This is this is complete. Some things are bought off. Hey, I don't know how much Rock Nation or whoever it was to pay these people <laughs> to say this, but that's a complete lie. Beyonce does not have the greatest video of all time. I mean, we get, we, I don't even got to read the rest of the article because I know what's happening. Okay. Uh, 
Beyonce, you know that it's not the greatest video of all time. Again, what did I keep saying about her as an artist? Lots of hype. Proof of that is Rihanna selling the hell out of that 50 and Savage. <laughs> oh, have they released the numbers on Adidas yet? Adidas, tell the truth. I have not seen one person walking around with this Adidas shit. You know, one thing Beyonce does, though, she uses celebrities very well. Let me tell you something. She knows that energetic. I don't know if people say it was that witch they was messing with. I don't know if she was a witch. Sound like an energetic type. She was teaching them energy stuff and everything. Listen, Beyonce knows how to use celebrities' energy. She's a Scorpio moon. She knows how to use other people's energy. Most Scorpios do. We know how to translate that energy for ourselves. But she really uses energy from these celebrities. <laughs> they don't know what they're really good at. She hasn't been in videos and all that. She's using your energy when you're in her video advertising her shit. <laughs> oh, the Houston native is, uh, this is according to click2houston.com. The Houston native is spotlighting the rodeo experience in her latest Ivy Park Adidas collection. She's how it, she, 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 the black stuff is in. She wants to do the black stuff, okay? Dropping on August 19th, dubbed Ivy Park Rodeo, the campaign uplifts the often overlooked influence of black and brown cowboys, cowgirls, and American Western culture. Oh, look, Beyonce's a history teacher now. Oh, this is so cute. <laughs> Bold celebration of classic Americana reimagined for today. This is a refreshing contemporary take on classic Western wear. The brand wrote and released Ivy Park Rodeo is where audacious design meets thoughtfully remixed classic streetwear and athletic wear fused with inspiration from the black cowboy experience. Okay, let me just stop. I saw the line. Beyonce shit is always over the top. I don't see people walking around the streets in this shit. Now, maybe one of y'all bought a jacket or two somewhere on the East Coast. (laughs) But I don't see it like... I see the hype for 50 and Savage. Like, I don't see that. I know her shit sells out in two minutes, but is that is that, is that most of the collection that's online? Like, I wonder how much of the collection you make, like how many pieces you make and make it look like it's sold out. Is it really that big of a line? <laughs> Everything with Beyonce is smoke and mirrors, you know? It's hard to see what's real and what's not. You got to clear out the smoke. Smoke from the publicity, and then you go, oh, that's what it really is. <laughs> Clothes has never been her thing, though, has it? She keeps trying and trying. And and Adidas has helped. And she's helped the Adidas brand. You know, I like Adidas. She's helped the Adidas brand. But, the Adidas, but it's not with her clothes. It's just with her name on top of it. But I wonder how much her line really sells. And I've heard rumors that it's not really as good as people think. Which wouldn't be surprising because, you know, remember how the thing I used to call House of Gary Young, House of Dookie years ago? <laughs> it does still give off that little vibe. <laughs> Even though Adidas is like, like you're looking at the pants and you're looking, if she's walking around strutting with something with her booty out, the jean jackets actually look kind of cute. I mean, it just looks like over the top that you you can't see people wearing this walking down the street. And she's trying to do, you know, people talk about Kanye's <laughs> shit. But her shit's kind of weird, too, you know? 
person is buying this shit. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I always love it when she has a celebrity's wear it. Like the people she's conquered wear the, like, her outfit, just like Jay-Z does. He signs people. He feels like the, the final conquering is in signing the dude I was battling. <laughs> Y'all don't see the energy feel? I, I don't understand how other celebrities never see the energy feel. It's quite crazy and fascinating to me. Like, they don't see that. Like, they don't see it because these are people that if they do put themselves out to you, other celebrities, they do it in private to you, right? But they never put themselves out in public to you as celebrating you. What they do is you celebrate them. You give them all the glory and the energy, all their energy. You give them and you build them up with your energy. I never understand how people don't recognize that shit. <laughs> the most manipulative shit I've ever seen. Stacey and Beyonce's friends are the most manipulative brands I've I've ever fucking seen this fact. <laughs> and y'all celebrities, celebrities be celebrating that shit. I, I, they, that is what makes me think it's a cult out there. When I be see, when I see people covering their eyes and throwing up double sixes and triple sixes, I say, shit, it might be something going out there. Because, and maybe Beyonce and Jay-Z are the, like the demigods of it because, shit, y'all give them all the glory and they don't give you shit back. Miss <laughs> Peter might put a little picture up there, y'all. <laughs> Well, Beyonce don't want to do statements. Beyonce might put you up if you die. Why <laughs> it's your birthday with you and you Meghan Markle? <laughs> A Barack Obama. I love it. You can see them. You can see they game right away. They are such an easy. I don't understand you celebrities. Maybe that's the thing y'all supposed to give me. We worship Beyonce and Jay-Z. We give our energy to you. Booty niches, booty niches. <laughs> Is that what y'all do in the, in, the, in the worship center or whatever? <laughs> so people, I got 99 problems, but my energy ain't one. I don't know shit. I don't know what y'all do. But they must be demigods something because y'all give them their energy like shit. Like it's celebrities all in this Ivy Park thing. Like she's using celebrities. Other celebrities, she's the energy thief. I keep telling y'all about Beyonce. Y'all gonna get it one day. Y'all gonna get it. Have I made Beehive mad enough today? I think I've done my job. I'm not checking into the Ramada Inn today, though. I don't feel like it. I feel I feel like I've already done that enough. What else? Formation, the number one video of all time. Oh, yeah, yes. <sighs> and, you know, they really try to get Rihanna. Can I just say this about Rihanna? Rihanna, that, that Pisces, that she, see, that's what you, you can't, you can't, that's why you got to be careful fucking with the little fishes. So them fishes, <laughs> they can slip from your hand. You think you got them, but you ain't got them like you think you do. <laughs> Rihanna, like, y'all trying to fuck with my music? Okay. Okay, I got something for y'all. <laughs> Rihanna was Rihanna wasn't just uh probably uh dating. What's that? What's the, what's the Muslim food? She's probably making some business connects up in there. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm about to sell these bras and this makeup. I'm gonna be good. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Beyonce and them over there bringing and building smoking mural castles with y'all energy. today in Kansas. Was it Kansas City supposed to be having that concert? Yeah, Garth. They say he's concerned about it. But Garth, don't make your money. Don't take your money. Get why it's good to be making your money. It's outside. It's that arrowhead. Shit, ain't nothing going. You'd be all right. The air kept cold. <laughs> go ahead. Go, Garth. Have your fun. Have it. Garth Brooks sold out a whole fucking stadium, okay? That's the kind of business he on. Okay, listen, I'm just telling y'all the truth. Ain't no ain't no lies about that. Wow. In the middle of COVID, mind you. Did Nelly and what's this, the new news? Nelly and that girl Miss Jackson broke up. They said they've been broke up for a minute. Man, who would have guessed? Cause they just doing pre O commercials and everything. What was it? What kind of was it Doritos or something? Page six is according to page six dot com. Nelly's longtime girlfriend says Tell Jackson says they broke up. This uh, says let's say Nelly's back on the market. The rapper's longtime girlfriend Chantel Jackson revealed that she and Nelly are done so by responding to a fan's question on Instagram about their relationship status. Are you are you Nelly still together? I love seeing you guys together. One of Jackson's followers asked on a photo Jackson posted Saturday. No, we're not. Just friends. She replied. Okay. The revelation led to a plethora of heartbroken comments for one person like, oh, no, I love seeing you guys get another comment. I'm so sorry to hear that. Hugs to you, definitely for all the happiness. So if you're happy, I'm happy for you. The country grammar rapper 46 and show gummy found, and the shoe gummy founder who dated for over six years haven't posted about each other on social media since January. Page 6 has reached out to Nelly's reps for comment. In 2018, Jackson stood up for Nelly after he was accused of sexual assault saying there was no truth to the accusation because she was at those venues in the dressing room and on the tour bus. Two claims against the rappers were dropped in 2018-2019, according to people. Just last year, Jackson supported Nelly as he completed uh, competed on season 29 of Dancing with the Stars. He even went as far as the college Jackson to won while filming the competition show, according to people. Uh, I would not want my life to not have Chantel in it, Nelly shared in a video film for Dance with the Stars in 2020. We've been seeing each other for five or six years. Anytime you have, connect with somebody like that, it works out for the long run. Okay, listen, she, you all know she's the one who used to be with Floyd Mayweather for a long period of time. Then Nelly, I don't know what happened between the two of them or anything. But again, let me just say this, okay? She was on the reality show. I think they lived together in Nelly's house. She was there five to six years. Let me just explain something to you. Okay. And I'm not trying to be mean here. And this is something, you know, all of, you know, you, you, you can't give me in white shit. Five to six years of her life just fucking with Nelly. Stop. Like five, five to six years of her with nothing to fucking show for. I mean, she probably got something out of it, but, you know. She got the Dorito commercial and some other shit. It's good. She got the name. It's just, it's, I can see her. You got a famous dude out there I can understand. Maybe living with him a little. Because they do give you a little something. A little something in name. But, ladies, be careful of living with men and giving them wife shit before they time. And I like Chantel. She's beautiful. But, you know, listen. I mean, 
Your youth is precious, guarded. Your age is precious. When you get older, it's precious, guarded. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, five or six years. And then she had to stand behind them with some wild shit. You know, the exact accusations that was going on. Let me see. I mean, but good for her that they, 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 they still seem like they're friends and all that, okay? Uh, Britney Spears' father, they say, is continuing the fight. You know what, you guys? Let's see. Uh, there's a couple of, show, couple of more stories I want to talk to you guys about. So when we, I'm in about three minutes, I'm going to go over into overdrive, and I'm going to talk, to a couple, talk about a couple of more of these stories that I have to finish on overdrive. You can hear it then. Uh, ask for those of you who are listening through the phone lines, you can listen to it live. But for those of you who are listening, and if you want to listen real quick through the phone lines, you can dial in 718-766-4236. But for those of you who are listening to, the, to your computers, uh, you will have to wait until the archive show is up to hear the show in its entirety, okay? All right, so I'm going to, meanwhile, because I'm going to talk about Aaliyah, this Aaliyah story I got to talk about, and I'm going to talk about uh uh, Finalation and a couple of other stories, okay, in the, uh, the overdrive. But let's end it with Britney Spears' father being the last one of the day. Britney Spears' father is still out here trying to fight the conservatorship. A lot of people are against Britney Spears' father, saying, you know, you know, he needs to give it up. He's controlling all that stuff. You know, my personal opinion, as I look at it, why would any father go through all this bullshit, y'all talking shit about him and everything, all this stuff, just for the money and all I think there's something deeper going on, but he says, Britney Spears' father says there is no grounds whatsoever for him, for removing him from conservatorship. This is according to MSN.com. Britney Spears' father said in the court filing that there are no grounds whatsoever for removing him from the court conservatorship that controls her money and affairs. James Spears has dutifully and faithfully served that has a conservator of his daughter's estate without any blemishes on his record, the filing said. Mr. Spears' filing also said that court-appointed professional Jody Montgomery, who oversees Britney's life decisions while her father handles her money, called him distraught last month and sought his, his daughter's mental health struggles. Ms. Montgomery and her lawyer said in a response that Ms., Mr. Spears misrepresented and manipulated the cause to use it to his own advantage. Mr. Spears' filing came in response to court papers uh, filed a day earlier by Brittany's new lawyer, Matthew Rosengart, which requested an emergency hearing as soon as possible to suspend him from the conservatorship. Mr. Spears and Mr. Rosengart does not and cannot specify what the wrongdoing is to prompt such a suspension. Mr. Spears stepped aside from the part from the part of the conservatorship that controls his daughter's life decision in 2019, with Ms. Montgomery taking over through her official status, so her official status remains temporary. The allegations made by Brittany at hearings in June and July that seem to have spurred Mr. Rosengard's call for her father's removal, including serious allegations of regard, regarding first medical treatment and therapy, improper medical care, limitations on personal rights, are untested and, un, and involved issues that have long been Ms. Montgomery's responsibility, not here, said Mr. Spears in the filing. You know what? Let me just stop this, okay? Here's what I say about this. When I saw a campaign about removing Britney's conservatorship and it got a lot of steam behind it and publicity, I always get suspicious because to me that means more powers are behind it. Um, there are so many people who are invested in the business of Britney Spears. And 
and the business of her being a mental train wreck so they could take over financial games and music and everything else from her. I don't think, you know, her parent, her father could be an asshole. I don't know, but I don't know why a father would go through this much to just, to, to, if he didn't believe something was wrong. And I think something was a little off with Brittany. But I say that my advice to the father is let that grown-ass woman do her grown-ass thing. You know what I'm saying? But we got to talk more about this in Overdrive. Meanwhile, you guys, for those of you who are listening through the computer, I will catch you guys next week. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening like you do every week. I am out. We're going to leave out with, uh, what are we going to leave out with? Oh, I forgot. Oh, lovely day, Jill Scott, okay? I'm out. I will see you guys next week, okay? See (laughs) y'all. And for those of you listening on the phone lines, we're going to go into overdrive. So you can listen, stay on, and I'll be on the overdrive. about connecting with blog talks, other blog talk people, I got your post. Please, I'm going to get back with you. Don't think I'm not, okay? Take me some time. Take me some time, okay? Shout out to y'all, okay? Um, for anybody else you want to write me or anything like that, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. Send me a message. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Remember, uh, you can also hit me up on Instagram and DM me. People do that also, too. Um uh, Instagram is Carly underscore Carly's underscore Galaxy. Okay, 
And for Twitter, it is two Twitter accounts. One I don't use a lot, but C Chatwood Show is the main one. And then there's Carlotta72, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, it, remember to follow me on Block Talk Radio. That's the way you find out when the show's coming on. And also there's so many other great shows on Block Talk Radio. So become a follower of Block Talk Radio, okay? Great place to uh, listen to some great shows, all right? Okay, so let me we talk about Britney Spears' daddy. Now, see, I'm Britney Spears' daddy. I ain't dealing with no grown-ass ass who want to do who want to go about her way when vultures and and and, and crows and and is ready to feast off caucus, you know, off of, off of her her dead her dead body if something happened to it. They don't give a shit about your mental state. I'm not saying your daddy your daddy might not be shit, but it seems like to me when I see them kind of. Pushes like that, and, and celebrities is out coming and it's free Britney, free Britney. I start getting suspicious, right? So listen, I really personally believe she probably needed conservative shit myself because I think maybe she might be extravagant. But you know, and that ain't bad. You know, sometimes you need your parents to help you, especially if you're making bad decisions and stuff like that. But you know, she's a grown ass woman. She can do whatever she wants to. So if she don't want it, let her go and have it. Now, what she going to find is if she ain't got her shit together, these vultures is going to come along and see. When Michael Jackson used to say, you're a vegetable, they eat off of you. But I, I got to put up one of these stories or something. That's what's going to happen, Brittany. You're going to be a vegetable. They'll feed off of you. These, these, big comp- these big record companies and labels and and let regulars do that. They're going to all swoop in. They're going to be signing you up for tours and stuff you can't maintain mentally and shit. Just, and, and and it's just going to get ugly. Okay? At least, you, you know, your daddy, I think, was maybe trying to do what's best. I could be wrong. Okay? But it sounds like to me it's a battle going on beyond the battle that we see up top. And the people have gotten to Britney and said, listen, you don't really want your daddy doing this shit. You, know, you don't want your daddy running shit. You see what they did to Beyonce kind of? Unless, you know, is Matthew over there taking money from you? <laughs> Talk Beyonce right to, to, to that rock live nation shit. <laughs> oh, you know. We can make you big. You know, we can put the investment in you that makes you grand. I mean, it's like a bloated bubble. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm making the beehive mad for that. We can make you into a bloated bubble. Where <laughs> nobody ever knows the difference. Listen, anyway, this is Brittany Spears we're talking about. Brittany, just be careful out in these streets. Make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Daddy. Damn all that! Don't worry, you you getting older, you 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 your health is at stake. Damn, I know you love your cat, and I know that's hard to let go. But let go of her crazy ass if that's what she wants. Okay, even if you know they coming, the vultures is coming. Sometimes you can't do nothing about them coming. You know, you can't. And what is? It? All right. Next story. What other story I want to read y'all? What is this? This is my life. The baby. We can talk about the baby. Let's talk about the baby on here. Your baby was getting canceled all over the place this week. <laughs> oh my God. 
And you know what I thought? I, I, I'm not going to read no articles about the baby in it because I had an article up here to read, but I'm not going to read it. Here's what I think. Can we allow the humans, and the baby's done a lot of wild stuff, okay? He's done a lot of wild shit and ain't nobody said shit, but now suddenly with the gay stuff, everybody's saying shit, okay? Here's the thing. And they really just, you can say something that you kind of say something, but kind of not. I don't know. But anyway, can we allow human beings to be humans? You know, that don't mean we don't call them out on their shit, but canceling people's bag and canceling people off a of concert, because, you know, most of the baby's audience ain't like that. You know, probably ain't ain't, gonna, ain't the type to not forgive them. But these are people, big executives, making, calling in favors. Hey, Bob, can you make sure you get him off that screen fast? Hey, John, can you make sure you get It's not the audience that's putting him out. It is these high-powered people that have been put in these high-powered places. And the whole thing is, can we allow human beings to be human beings? Can we allow maybe the gay community to come get together and talk to the baby and they have an agreement to disagree or agreement or whatever, but allow human beings, the, 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 especially celebrities, Allow them the space to 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 to, to fall, to have fallacy, to be not perfect. That don't mean you don't check their asses. It just means and, and say what you think. But canceling people's whole careers and bags. And I never agreed with it when you talk about stuff like when you said when it was the woman who was that woman a long time ago with the the cooking woman who probably got all the recipes from black people. Uh, what's the woman? I forget her name. I didn't agree with canceling her. I didn't agree with canceling Roseanne. I didn't agree with none of that shit because I knew they would come for black people for the same shit. Okay, that's 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 they that's how that's that's how they get they get people. They want to control. So I believe in the space of allowing humans to be humans. No matter when they make mistakes or say I, even if it's a racial mistake. Or they say race stuff. You know what I'm saying? Even the Jews, Jewish people, I think sometimes it's too far. I think you got to give humans the ability to make mistakes and people the ability to say what they think on you so that you can know where people at. Gage people. I believe black people should hear all the smoke. I want you to have what the clan saying. I want to hear all they smoke what they're talking because I need to hear the plan. Okay? So, you know, I, sometimes I feel that we have to be there. We have to, we we are creating scenarios where people cannot be human, and where we getting people afraid to talk and afraid. And this is what creates uh, in the celebrity world. It makes it even harder for them because they already under the bubble of fame, which is unnatural. And then you got these these unrealistic expectations on them that they have to be robotic. Like everybody got to be Beyonce around here. Releasing a statement, we blah blah blah, and looking like you got nothing in your eyes. You know how Beyonce released a statement. That's what y'all told Beyonce into a robot. But she hardly ever said in a post. Like she was so scared. I say shit. You know, we you don't want people to be robots. And I heard people the other day saying, "I like my celebrities, and they just didn't say nothing, all this stuff like that." No, I like the celebrity fact that celebrities say more. Yeah, some of it's dumb as fuck, but at least we we learning that they kind of dumb. You know, like (laughs) not all of them, but we learn it. You know, and then we learn that some are very intelligent and bright and have a great opinion and a great great advocacy and they're more than celebrities and I love that 
okay? But I don't like boxing in because you they're already boxed in in a world of fame. So giving them the space to use that fame for advocacy or their thoughts, even to share their thoughts, even if they're off, it's part of the human experience. And to take that away from them makes them more, to me, susceptible to uh, the dangers and uh, issues that come with celebrity uh, where we can't, where they can't be corrected without being canceled. And I can understand if it's a series of things that happen, but one or two or three things or whatever, you know, and sometimes I'm not even for canceling if somebody has a thousand opinions. You know, if they got an audience, they got an audience. Ain't shit you can do about it. You know, I, I'm not necessarily, I don't know how I feel about cancellation. Now, do I, can I talk shit about you if you say something dumb? Yeah, but I don't know how I feel about canceling people because of their thoughts. You know, even if they're crazy, okay, unless they're violent or something like that. Um, you just got to give people the space to be human, especially in that celebrity world, Okay. Uh, celebrities are, you know, often just ask just some you know, unrealistic expectations, you know. And um, the baby, you're you're also talking about. I mean, we talking about people who come from the streets a lot of times. A lot of times, these people aren't given proper news. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they used to do back in the day, talk, uh, ways to talk to reporters. I just put their asses out here. A lot of these record companies and stuff. And they out here to fend for themselves among the woods. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just crazy. And listen, I believe the life of celebrity is much deeper than it is. I don't believe the life of celebrity is meant for you to be a robot and collect points. I believe that if you have been given a platform that is worldwide, I personally believe this is my just a spiritual belief that God has given you that platform for a reason. Your talents and your gifts put you in a space. And, and also, it's also a thing of where Joyce Meyer said, don't let the talent put you where your character can't keep you. You got to be careful, make sure your character is intact. But also, you know, you're not going to be perfect, but just making sure that you do try to do the right thing. But celebrity is a space. You've been given a platform that is unnatural. And a lot of times what you'll see a lot of celebrities do is just taking on the worship, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, and not giving back. So to me, you have to figure out why have I been given, why have my gifts and talents led me to this space where that my opinion and my influence influence a number of people in the world? What am I to do with that? And that's where you need to get spiritually aligned with your creator and find out, why have I been given this platform and how do I use it in the best way possible for what you called me here to do? Now, that could cause you, God could cause you to say something on your platform that gets you not liked from many people. Or, you know, you have a specific, like I always laugh about uh, somebody like uh, Prince. Prince always said controversial things. He didn't care whether you liked him or not. He did controversial things. He said controversial things. He did a lot of things that was wild. Some shit I didn't agree with Prince did or said. But Prince was very much his own vibe. And he understood at some point, not always I don't think in his career, but at the later points of his career, I think he started to spiritually align himself 
with the he start understanding there was a greater purpose for that platform. And as celebrities, if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now and you're a celebrity, you really need to find out what is the spiritual purpose of my platform and how does it align with the person and the human I am. I mean, now, if you got to fuck those characters, get your character right first and then ask all that. But I'm talking about if your character is decent and intact and, and you're getting yourself together or whatever, find out what the deeper, find out from a deep, deeper spiritual place why is it here and it gives you it makes the fame easier to maintain you can't maintain fame if you don't have a deeper purpose i'm gonna tell you that right now i don't care what they say i don't care if somebody's famous and you see them and they're saying they maintain the fame i bet they drinking or they drugging or they uh doing something sexing it's something they do to release that energy because it's an unnatural state for humans to be worshipped so Humans have to learn how to use that worship to that worship is for a purpose and to be used as a as a purpose a God purpose in in the universe. So find out what that is. When you've been given that platform, it's for a greater cause, a greater. It's not just because you can sing good. It's not just because you can act good. It's not just because you can dance good. It's not because you you cute, you beautiful or whatever, you have a greater, that platform's been given to you for a reason. Work it out. <laughs> oh, that's a, it's a word for today. <laughs> there y'all, it's a word right there. Now, there's an interesting theory surrounding Aaliyah's death, okay, that I saw this week. It's a book coming out. People are saying uh, that Aaliyah, I mean, y'all are fascinated by the Aaliyah story. And um, they said she was, this book is claiming that she was drugged before her fatal plane crash. It's according to Yahoo.com. They said this month marks the 20th anniversary of rising star Leah's death. The princess of R&B tragically died in a plane crash in the Bahamas after shooting the music video for Rock the Boat, a song that will become part of her final album. Still two decades later, an air of mystery surrounds what went so tragically wrong on August 25th, 2001, when an hour-long flight from the beachy shores of Abaco Island to Miami uh, claimed the lives of 22-year-old superstar Leah D. Houghton and eight others. And while her family and fans were still processing the sudden, processing the sudden loss, an investigation into the crash was barely underway. Aaliyah's death was quickly eclipsed by another tragedy, September 11th. In the years since, there have been a few explanations for why the plane was ever allowed off the ground in the first place. Arguments have broken out between Aaliyah's entourage and the pilot over the plane being overweight. After the crash, it was quickly confirmed that the small twin-engine plane exceeded its maximum weight limit by several hundred pounds. Plus, the weight was not evenly distributed, which would have made the plane harder to control once it got in the air. Uh, the last significant update came in 2002 when a, a toxicology report found that the inexperienced pilot had cocaine and alcohol in his system. It never quite added up to Arthur and acclaimed music journalist Kathy Landoli. Why would Aaliyah, a known anxious flyer, be so insistent on getting on this small plane when it was clearly overladen with baggage, especially when there was a chartered plane set to pick her up the next day? But Landoli stumbled across what she believes is the final piece of the puzzle in the process of researching and writing her upcoming book, Baby Girl, better known as Aaliyah, on August 17th, from a tree of books, which has given her a long-needed closure about the singer's death, she tells Daily Beat. 
It came from the man in Abaco Islands named Kingsley Russell, whose family ran a taxi and hospitality business in the area. Shortly after the death of Kobe Bryant in 2020, Russell made a sense to leave a YouTube video describing how the helicopter crash was triggering because it reminded him of the day he watched Aaliyah being taken on board the fatal flight and while she was asleep, knocked out by a pill that a member of her team had given her. Given her. Minutes after she saw her entourage, uh, after he saw her entourage carrying a sleeping Aaliyah onto the plane despite her previous protest about boarding it, Russell said he remembers hearing the unforgettable sound of the air crash crashing to the ground. Russell's account was a bomb to Langoli, who for years struggled to accept the fact that Aaliyah willingly risked her safety and her team just to make it back to Miami that Saturday night. Okay, you know, uh, the rumors where she wanted to be with Damon Harris. I haven't heard of all kind of rumors out here. I don't know what happened. You know what I'm saying? Aaliyah, it was a tragic. That's all I'll say. It was very tragic. The, her death often overwhelms uh, uh, the, the mystery surrounding her death often overwhelms, you know, the life force. And that usually happens with stuff like plane crashes. Like one of my favorite singers of all time, she died coming from Kansas City, I believe. It was Patsy Cline. Y'all know I love me some Patsy Cline. Y'all don't know how much I love Patsy Cline. I sing y'all a few voices, but I love me some Patsy Cline. Oh, my God. My song, Sweet Dreams. Woo! That's my something to get started on Patsy Cline. Patsy Cline was a white country girl with soul, okay? Um has so much mystery surrounding Patsy Klein. You know, uh, it's always sometimes people have mysterious deaths, and the, and the deaths are always so mysterious, and we want to try to attribute things to them and everything. Uh, this makes sense to me, though, about Aaliyah. I wouldn't be surprised if this happened. This this was true. Uh, here's what I'll say, too, to this with about Aaliyah. Uh, I think that the family eventually one day, when they have come to, I have said this constantly, that the family needs to have a come-to-Jesus meeting about who their daughter was. And what I mean by come-to-Jesus meeting, the good and the bad shit. Okay, you can't be praying to Leah as a little angel and shit like that. You got to come with the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, the nice, everything in that short span of life, okay? And when they're really ready to come to terms with who she was as a woman, a child star, a teen star, all of it, full circle, not no bullshit, then I think they'll give the fans a beautiful uh, maybe film or biopic about the truth. But I don't think her family's ready to come to that. As a matter of fact, I can't blame them. Sometimes people want to leave people in the air of mystery because, you know, it's a lot of shit in that. You know, you just like, shit, I can't believe my child was out here. Oh, shit. You know, you, sometimes parents don't want to, you know, see the ugly part. But it was a lot of great parts. But you got to do everything. And I think Aaliyah fans suffer the most. Because Aaliyah was mysterious anyway. You know, Aaliyah had a mysterious vibe anyway. You know what I'm saying? Her music is like, she's just a mysterious girl. She's beautiful. Very mysterious. I wonder if she has a Scorpio on her chart. She's seen a lot. She has me. She was very mysterious. So it's even more eerie, you know, the, the things that happened before she died. You know, she played for dance, queen of dance. What's the damn the vampire flick and all that shit? You know what I'm saying? So, it, you know, there's always going to be a fascination around surrounding Aaliyah. 
And until the family and everybody is ready to come out and talk truth to that fascination and that mystery. And that's, I suppose, and I suppose that even when the truth comes out, it's still going to always be a mystery around her because she was mysterious. It is what it is, okay? But uh, interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if this was true, okay? Um, what's next we want to talk about here? Uh, Tanalation. Is this going to be my last story? Tanalation there? <laughs> no, is it Amanda comes for Richard? Okay, Amanda Seals coming for Richard, uh, Richard, the Richard King, Richard Mayo. I don't know. Y'all really want to talk about that? Y'all really want to hear about that? Do y'all care about what Amanda thinks? Amanda, so it looks like it's going to be a good bio. You know, I'll go ahead. I'll be going on here with Amanda. We'll talk about it real quick. Okay. It says, uh, this is according to Yahoo.com. It says, uh, source, since insecurity stars and comedian Amanda Seals voice her questions around the upcoming film King Richard biopic in, on the father of Venus and Serena, the star has been getting some online pushback. So Madame Norey previously, as Madame Norey previously reported, it was announced last week that Will Smith was starring the lead role for Richard Williams. The film's trailer highlights how Richard played an instrumental part in shaping Venus and Serena into tennis champions they are today. The forthcoming movie will hit theaters this fall in addition to streaming on HBO. Will Smith is playing Richard Williams. He is asked on social media Thursday. Also, why is this film about Richard Williams? Twitter users didn't seem to go get why Seals was questioning the film about Richard, a father who raised a family in Compton and helped his two daughters to achieve world-renowned success in a predominantly white sport. The Jasmine brand reported that an online user assumed the comedian had an issue with the film because Smith plays Richard, whose complexion is actually shades dark, uh, uh, darker than Smith. Seals responded to that assumption. Point. I said what I want to see. LOL. The fuck y'all debating. I can have my opinion and you can stand will. This is zero issue here other than one y'all making over someone having a contrasting point of view about a movie. Who child it? Internet or internet or something. As you may know, Seals makes headlines. Seals often, Amanda just wants to, listen, Amanda likes a lot of attention. Sometimes she speaks to a place that of not understanding. Sometimes I don't think, you know, um, I don't know. She got her right to her point of view. Uh, and this is, it's been a criticism. Remember, people had a criticism of, what's the girl uh, name who played, um, uh, 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 Lord, I don't win, but. Uh, she, she, it was a, uh, the girl who, the, I forget the girl who played uh, Nina Simone. And she, the problem wasn't just that she was licensed. Nina Simone's story is around, a part of Nina Simone's story is some of the things that she dealt with being darker complexed. So when you have somebody where their story focuses on race and darker complexion and stuff, you do need to play, you do need to have someone play that role that is essentially that color because a lot of their story is surrounded around it. And, and there was a lot of criticism that Dizel played Malcolm and Malcolm, but Malcolm's story isn't solely focused on his light skin. Malcolm's story is solely focused on activism, civil rights, uh, his religion, and his. And, and listen, Denzel is a master actor. Denzel, you couldn't shit. It looked it look like the, the, the ghost of Malcolm jumped into Denzel. Uh, Will is a master actor. 
uh, that young lady who played Nina Simone was not a master actress, and she was, and, and Nina Simone's story surrounds colorism and a lot of other things and music and everything, so she was not right for that role, okay? Uh, but uh, when you have master actors and actresses, they can do that. They can play. Uh, Diana Ross, the story of Billie Holiday was nothing about <laughs> That's because people didn't know much about Billie Holiday in those times. Nothing like Billie Holiday. But Diana Ross, was, and she looked nothing like Billie Holiday. But she was able to pull that off because Diana Ross is a great actress as well as a good singer. So, you know, I, I, I get it, okay? But, you know, um, uh, but she's wrong on that. Will is a great actor. Uh, but at the same time, why is there going to be a story surround, about him? Because Richard was a hell of a, a daddy raising two girls in Compton in the 80s during the crack epidemic to become tennis stars. Shit, we need to hear his fucking story. Now, he wasn't a Matthew Knowles. Matthew Knowles was an executive at IBM. It was a lot easier to do what Matthew Knowles did than it was for Richard Richard up there in Compton, who didn't have education or anything, and to raise them kids out of poverty. Okay? In Compton, motherfucker. No offense to Matthew. I like Matthew a lot. Matthew did a hell of a job, too. But Matthew had money. Uh, 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 he was executive at IBM. Tina was, had a, uh, 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 what you, what was it, a beauty shop. Shit, they was living good. When you talk about the Joe Jackson and Richard of the world, that shit is damn near impossible what they do. <laughs> okay? So, and you talking about in the midst of all kind of obstacles. Hell yes. Why wouldn't you tell his story? Definitely, they would. There would be no Venus and Serena without Richard. There would be no Jackson without Joe. I mean, that shit. <laughs> no matter how harsh of dead they were supposed to have been, but it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> and in those times, you got to be. You had to be a tough black daddy up in them streets, up in Thompson and and Gary, Indiana. In those times, okay? you wasn't dealing with no punk stuff. What mean by that? Because I got to correct. I got to change that. Soft shit. Okay. The last story is about Sanaa Lathan talks about Sanaa Lathan talks about stop. She stopped drinking. Okay. Uh, let's see the story. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, Sanaa Lathan quit drinking three years ago. She said because it was dimming her energy. She, this is according to Yahoo.com. It says, I didn't feel as good. I, it was affecting anxiety, Layton said. So now Layton has been sober for three years and cited her energy being drained as a big reason why she stopped drinking. The veteran Hollywood actress who is beloved for roles, the best man in love of basketball, is uh, profiled on the latest issue of People Magazine and spoke about her decision to stop drinking. The 49-year-old star of Netflix's upcoming Hit and Run wanted to prioritize her mental health and physical well-being. I stopped drinking about three years ago, Lathan said. Alcohol was not going well with me physically. Just it was not working anymore. It affects everything. And that's part of the reason why I stopped. Because even if you're going out a couple of times a week and you're drinking, it was starting to affect me throughout the week. It wouldn't be necessarily a hangover, but definitely give my energy. I didn't feel it good. It was affecting anxiety. Lathan added that she stopped to educate herself on drinking and its effects, including you don't realize how over time it gets your brain out of balance as well. Is that it? it, 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 it. Sanaa, did it happen? 
If you stop drinking after that incident with Beyonce having when you're supposed to lick the, I'm going to leave that alone. Mr. Face or something like that. Where is the last stuff that happened? See, she might have been drinking. I wonder, did she have a drinking problem? And she's not saying it. You know, I just say the shit. You had a drinking problem. You know, don't 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 be bullshit out here. I, I just you know, I drink it with in my energy. Just say the shit. I had a drinking problem. I had to cut that shit out. Hey, like, they say you had a drinking problem. You can help a lot of people out here by just telling the truth. I had to really reprogram that aspect because it's just all over in our culture. So I haven't missed it. My life definitely became more of a morning life, but I can still go out and have fun. Okay, um, listen, I believe this is annihilation from the story I heard a few years ago with Beyonce. Maybe that's what turned it around to drink. I don't know if that's what she had a drinking problem or not, okay? It's a lot of celebrities that are having drinking problems. I've seen celebrities show up at interviews, and you can clearly see their asses are drunk. Okay, I'm like, ooh, fuck, they better get that taken care of. Because you know what, celebrity comes with such anxiety that people are always looking for ways to take off the edge and stuff like that. Listen, I, you know, I can understand because they be under such severe stress, okay? Uh, the thing is, though, that shit will fuck you up. Then you start using them spirits in the wrong way. You start drinking them spirits. Like, I heard one celebrity talking about some whiskey in the morning. I was like, what the fuck are you drinking whiskey for? You got to be an alcoholic if you're drinking whiskey that early in the morning. And, you know, you, I mean, you have to be careful because alcohol is a spirit. I mean, you know, I have to be careful when I drink. I'm very funny about I, I drink. I do drink, but I'm very funny. I, I take it because, I, you know, I can have an addictive personality. I don't want to. Listen, I don't want to be addicted to no shit. Food is hard enough, let alone, like, little food, like junk, sweets, and stuff like that. Shit, last thing I want to do is be addicted to some drugs and some alcohol. I can't deal with it. So I understand what annihilation is talking about. You have to be very careful when you're drinking and very careful because you, you, you'll do shit and you don't remember doing it and shit like that. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. And why? Because in spirit, you drink in spirit. And I got, and I only got drunk. I've only gotten drunk really bad once in my life, like really, really before I didn't hardly remember nothing. And it scared the shit out of me because the next day somebody was knocking at my door. That <laughs> I start, I end up dating, but I not, not at my door because I said something to her. I didn't remember saying shit, so I didn't like that. I was like, oh, oh, because something jumped. That's uh, that's something causing you to be in. It. That's why they call it fear. It changes the dynamic of who you are, or it brings out a dynamic that is uninhibited that probably shouldn't be out at that time or at that moment, right? And you using it to try to take an edge off, but instead, yeah, these spirits will be out here making you look crazy as hell. Okay, and a lot of people think they can control that shit. You can only control it so long before it starts fucking with you. Okay, so a sonolation is exactly right. You're just sharing this, okay? And she said she learned to do other things like meditation and stuff like that and, uh, to you know, to go on her healing journey, okay? And so, you know, I and she said, uh, she said she became even more important. She experienced the death of her best friend. So, you know, so that hurt. Death is also a, a thing that grief and such that people try to escape. And so, you know, the pain and stuff like that. So I totally understand where she's coming from. So maybe she's trying to give us an understanding about what allegedly happened. If y'all remember that story Tiffany Haddish told a few years ago about her and Jay-Z 
maybe she was letting us know that she was probably drinking heavily at that time or something. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm just saying, I'm just assuming up in these streets, okay? <laughs> my assumption ass. <laughs> All right, okay, you guys, that was my last story for the day. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I will see you guys next, God bless, next week, okay? Uh, and I will be back another show. I, you know what? I know I'm supposed to have guests. I got a couple of guests I'm supposed to schedule. And I've been having a hard time scheduling because I've been so busy in between different things and talking to people to schedule them. But I will get to that so that you will get to our guests soon. It'll probably be in a, you know, a, couple, a month or so from now, but we're going to get to it, okay? Um, you guys, have a good one. We're going to leave out with – what are we going to leave out with? I don't know. I thought I had it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I always want to be trying to just do a smooth <laughs> child I never do. <laughs> uh, let's leave out with Tony. Is this is Tony Brasser. Dance. Do that, okay? That's what we're going to leave out with. You guys, have a wonderful weekend. I will see you. Bye.